everyone, and welcome to Chapter Brothers. My name is Nick Ackerman. And my name is Kevin Ackerman. And today we're going to continue on uh, with the Slow Mutants. Uh, we've got, we, we ended on a cliffhanger last time, Kev. Ended on a yep. solid cliffhanger, and I can't wait to get back into it. But real quick, uh, just so we can, you know, continue with the, the way we do things on the show. Here's another example of Stephen King trivia. Da, 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 da. So, Kev. I'm continuing to go through things um, chronologically, all right? And, uh, well, in 1977, Stephen King released a uh, book that was, well, it was written by his pen name. What's his pen name again? Richard Bachman. Richard Bachman. So after The Shining, um, Stephen King went on to... uh, uh, release another book called what, Kevin? 77. Uh, I'm going to say, is it The Long Walk? Uh, it's called Rage. Rage, right. It's rage. So I was I was doing some quick research on this. Uh, apparently, uh, Stephen King uh, took this book out of publication. Or I should say, Richard Bachman took it out of publication uh, because he didn't really like the story behind it. What's this book basically about, Kevin? So the reason why Rage was taken out of circulation is because essentially it is from the point of view of a school shooter. Like literally the main character, he's going through a lot of things. He's got a bad home life. I'm pretty sure his father is abusive uh, of uh, I'm not sure if it's he's abusing his mother or of the main character, but he is definitely a high school kid who then decides for whatever reason to take a gun, shoot their shoot his teacher in the in the head and then have a hostage situation where all of the kids in the class are just there. And then all of the kids in the class and he have this whole bonding session and it becomes very like uh, Breakfast Club esque. And they're all talking about their feelings and stuff. Meanwhile, talk them down. Well, I mean, I don't even know if it's that. The police are outside and like there's all kind all sorts of stuff with like snipers and things. So there's that whole tense situation uh, outside, but meanwhile, he is um, you know, talking to the kids and eventually the other students in the class are like on his side. Uh, so basically, it's like best case scenario for what a school shooter hopes would happen. So oh yeah, this is so a to yeah. get the attention of everyone and everything. Oh my! Gosh. I mean, I don't even know if it's. Uh, it seems like he's. Kind of, I mean, I feel like it, I, I haven't read it in a long time. But from my point of, from what I remember, definitely he shoots the teacher, and definitely like there's this whole like at first all the kids are afraid, but then they're all like bonding, talking about dreams and talking about whatever. Uh, so yeah, see, wow, basically that's, that's really interesting because. Because like, oh man, uh, he was pretty. Uh, 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 what's the word? Seeing into the future. What's, what's yeah? What's very prescient. That? Prescient. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so sad because I am a teacher, and like, I, I wonder if like a book like this would be. I mean, there's a reason he took it out of circulation. Because oh, totally. I, I hope it wouldn't give children ideas you know, to do terrible things, but like sometimes reading something like this is like, 
okay, I got it out through that reading, not mm. actually doing it. Sure. So I don't know. I, I I found it interesting when I when I I just learned about this book just now, and I was like, all right, what is next on Stephen King's thing after The Shining? Oh, he he did Richard Bachman, a book called Rage, which mm. is pretty pretty intense. But like sometimes if we don't embrace intense things through art then we can't handle them in real life you know so that is very true the, i mean like, I, I don't want this to happen in real life of course like especially being a teacher you know and i hope my my students all love me and wouldn't want to shoot me or anything um but It's better to to know than be sheltered is is what I'm thinking. I don't know. What do you think? I would say so. Yeah. The I mean, it's a it's it's hard to say because it's one of those things where there's the question of is it better for this kind of a book to exist or not exist? And but then there's also the question of authorship, like as an author and say you see something like Columbine or um, uh-huh. some many Kevin, of the other you, you could, you could millions, about yeah. 50, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Columbine um, was like the first big one, the first big one. But about. yeah, I mean, there's so yeah. many more that have happened since then, but I, I don't know if any school shooters ever referenced rage or maybe like had a copy at home or anything, but I'm just imagining like, cause I feel like that would be worst case scenario, but even if yeah. none of them even Steve, read the King book would hate that. Exactly. Stephen King would absolutely hate that. Absolutely. Like, hate oh my that. gosh. And yeah. that's why he took, he, he's a yeah. very kind person from oh, what totally. I've, I've learned in, in like his interviews and just exactly. like a quirky dude who like, yeah. I, I'd like to hang out with honestly. Yeah, totally. Hey, can we meet Stephen King, Kevin? <laughs> I would Perhaps love to get famous enough. Let's Maybe. meet Stephen King. One day, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'd like, listen, like I was saying, I, just the, the, uh, like, even if, even if none of these school shooters even read Rage or had a copy, I feel like he, knowing that book was out there, just feels, would feel ashamed that he kind of, you know, addressed that years before these kind of school shootings became so common yeah. that I feel like he would want to almost like I, to me, it almost feels like he's just saying, oh, I'm so embarrassed that I did that. Like, I feel like this is the kind of book that doesn't inspire good. It inspires evil. So it's the kind of thing like he would just want to, you know, kind of just hit the undo button and just scrub it from from publication entirely. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, do, do you know the song I Hate Mondays? I, I, yes, I know the story you're about to say. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel like Liz knows the story better than me. But uh, uh, yeah, there was a, a school shooting way back early in the 80s. And, it, and, and the, I think it was a, a, a teenage girl, right? And mm. she's like, well, why did you do this? Well, I hate Mondays. Hmm. or something and <laughs> i don't i the the song title is i don't like mondays by the boomtown oh, that's rats right. yeah my my bad it's mm. the dude who uh did live aid what's his name uh uh yeah bob gildoff yeah bob gildoff yeah, yeah. and uh, the wall himself <laughs> oh yeah that's right yep. we were talking about pink floyd last night too because mm. that's another oh well, anyway um it's true. I mean, it's the 
I don't like Mondays. I'm sorry. Oh, I should go over there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just want to interject. <laughs> I'm doing something uncommonplace and interjecting. She obviously, it's not because she didn't like Monday. She was being abused by her father and was being ignored by the proper authorities. Oh, okay. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's what Liz would have said, too. Thank you, Cynthia. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, prefer, for a rare guest appearance, uh, my fiance, <laughs> Cynthia. <laughs> exactly. It's not, it's not just, I don't like my days. She was being abused. But I feel like that's the quote that just got picked up. Of and course, it's just it, the quote. it became like the whole, the, the media soundbite that uh, people will just sort of hold on to. And I feel like that's the kind of thing that always happens with these school shootings. They find this one yeah. minuscule thing that they can hold on to. Like Columbine, it became bullying, even though both of those, I feel like both of those kids were more bullies than bullied so I feel like uh, I mean okay fine maybe they were heavily bullied but I feel like it was about more than that it was about more the the easy access to guns and maybe uh, kids not having access to you know mental health facilities or anything so I mean maybe gun control so certainly and which brings it full circle to the gunslinger yes yes we're talking about the gunslinger Oh my goodness! Here we are. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I, I don't want to step on your uh, step on your toes. If there was more Nick trivia about uh, Rage, that that was really all I had. I, I just wanted mm-hmm. to start a, a quick conversation, and I've never actually read that book, so I, 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 I don't know what I do what's have a copy. About. I do have a copy. If you're curious, it's super dark. It is super dark. Uh, uh, that's, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those things that you write as like an angry young teen and uh, sort of those weird wish fulfillment things. There was, there was another short story in um, his anthology uh, Skeleton Crew that is from the point of view of a college student who basically fails his classes, takes a hunting rifle and then just starts co- st- then just starts like just like just taking, psh, people psh, psh, taking people out in the quad. Uh <laughs> And I feel like Stephen King definitely had a. I mean, obviously with uh, his kind of Wait, didn't they had a lot of anger issues. Yeah, too? was it? Um, I don't remember. Uh, what was the name of that movie? Um, where, where the guy did the exact same thing? Uh, it was Michael Rappaport. You do this, Remy. You do this. Uh, what movie is that? Uh, higher oh. learning. Oh, I did see that. Oh, higher learning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we if I we watch if that that's in uh, kind of based on what the short story you're talking about. Okay. I don't. I mean, I feel like there's been enough shootings uh, by the time oh 1995 rolled around that. Uh, I, I mean, it might just be a coincidence, but hey, who knows? Um, but yeah, that was well, that. We're, I, we're we actually for. Uh, connections and coincidences, right? Or exactly true. The, that is our uh, our whole thing. Yeah, the between Ackerman connections between just the years of Stephen King books and everything. Just just social context, maybe uh, as also a part of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's all we're talking about. Hmm. Um, so let let it be known that uh, I think gun violence is bad. Um, <laughs> very, very um, true. Mm. If if you are safe with your gun, that's that's great. If you want very to true. hunt and do stuff, cool. But uh, don't let it get in the hands of uh, impressionable children who don't know what the fuck they're doing. You know, I'm exactly. Sorry. Yes. Lock your guns <laughs> up. Make sure that there is some way that I mean, 
it's such a complicated issue that I mean, maybe, and that is one of the things that that we're going to talk about today. Exactly, it's important to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, I, I'm saying uh, we're going to get to that at the end of this section. Yes. But before and, we do that, uh, we, we might as well start at the very beginning, right? Indeed, a very good place to know, start. It, it's a very good place to start. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the yard behind. So this is from the original. The yard ahead. behind the Great Hall was not really a yard at all, but only a green corridor whose walls were formed by tangled, thick-grown hedges. It had been used for the rite of coming of age since time out of mind, long before Court and his predecessor, who had died of stab wound from an overzealous hand in this place. Many boys had left the corridor from the east end, where the teacher always entered as men. As men, sorry. Uh, The east end faced the Great Hall and all the civilization and intrigue of the lighted world. Many more had slunk away, beaten and bloody, from the West End, where the boys always entered as boys forever. The West End faced the mountains and the hut dwellers. Beyond that, the tangled barbarian forest, and beyond that, the desert. The boy who became a man progressed from darkness and unlearning to light and responsibility. The boy who was beaten could only retreat forever and forever. The hallway was was as smooth and green as a gaming field. It was exactly 50 yards long. All right, Kev, is there changes in that paragraph? Uh, yeah, we've got a few. Um, first off, my favorite just sort of whimsy change. Court's predecessor is apparently named Mark. So. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Hey, Mark, that's my middle name. It is. <laughs> the second second gospel. Uh, so then yeah. just bringing it back around to our, our biblical, uh, you know, biblical tally. Uh, so then we've got... Um, before I go into any other changes, I just got to say I love the idea of just this like earthy kind of hallway made out of these like bushes on both sides that are thick and uh, like like carefully maintained grass of the actual pathway. But the walls themselves are kind of overgrown and kind of gnarled. And uh, I just love Stephen King descriptions of things. But um, <laughs> and then it goes Absolutely. into the whole, you know, boys versus men thing. Yeah. Oh, love him, love him, love him. <laughs> So and then uh, so then uh, at the end where it says uh, the West End faced the farms and faced the farms and the hut dwellers beyond the farms beyond that. uh, Oh, and okay, sorry. Yeah, that was just a little confusing because it's like between two pages. But it says the West End faced the farms and the hut dwellers beyond the farms. So I guess it's like adding another another couple of layers in there, because I think the original, it's just like West End is facing hut dwellers and then forest and then desert. So in the new version, it's hut, it's farms, then hut dwellers, then beyond that, the tangled barbarian forest, then beyond that is Garland. So a whole nother city. And then beyond Garland, the Mohane Desert. So we've got a name for this uh, desert that Roland has been going through. Exactly. So that was the question I had. So the the Mohane Desert is actually where Roland went on his exile? Exactly. Well, no, well, not exile because, well, we'll find that out in a second. But at this point, it's it's more of a quest than an exile because it's self-imposed. It's him finding purpose. So I I feel like exile would be the wrong word to use. 
Oh, okay. Well, they they use that later. Uh, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll have to double check that. But then at the end of it, it says it was exactly 50 yards long and then added in, in the middle was a swatch of shaven earth. This was the line. So I also like that. Yeah, I also like that instead of being like uh, in when I was reading the book, uh, the original version, whenever they would mention the line, I'm always imagining like a chalk line, like uh, like a foul line on baseball field. But I I like that (laughs) it's a little bit more earthy, a little bit. So it's just basically they uh, cropped it short, uh, you know, golf uh, like the green of a golf course. And then they have this one area that just has no grass at all on it. So I'm just imagining well, they like salted the, the earth or something. Well, or uh, the reason there's no grass there is that's where people fight and they do most of their moving of their feet and stuff. Hmm. You know, it's like if you look at, I don't know, a, a baseball field, there's going to be certain areas that are going to be more a little messed up because that's where people run. And hang, like the batter's box is more beat up than the rest Very of true. the fields hmm. or whatever. But um, well, this this fifty yard thing reminds me of more of a cricket pitch because mm, it's like true. straight mm. a little bit. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and also, isn't like isn't like a cricket pitch? They uh, the batter is almost like in the diameter. I mean, like the center point of the circle, and it's going in all directions, right? Yeah, it's all yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the the bowler, the pitcher in baseball, is trying to get past the the hitter. But anyway, it this has to do with fighting. Correct. Like literal, like hand to hand or uh, weapon to weapon battle. Mm. And, and I'd imagine that line is also soiled with a little bit of blood as well. I suppose it could be, but uh, the reason why I imagined it was more of a deliberate, like, you know, a straight line was because I feel like there haven't been, I feel like the. The test of various gunslingers, I don't think it comes very often. Like, I feel like it's almost like a like a few every generation. Like, so it's not like there was anybody like within the past year or two. So that's why I figured that if it's as closely cropped as like a gaming field, as they said it, uh, I figured that it would be a little bit like it's been years since the last uh, gunslinger, I assumed. Uh Oh, okay. That's that's actually a good point. I was thinking about that too. Like it's been a while since mm-hmm. a new gunslinger has been uh, uh, what's the word uh, proven? Inducted. I guess mm-hmm. proven. True. Yeah, yeah. Both. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Roland is two years early, right? We said that last time. That, like, True. Well, he they're, they're, he they're supposed to be eighteen when they uh, yeah. come of age. Mo- yeah, I think it was like most of them are eighteen by the if they haven't taken the test by the time they're twenty one, they just sort of slowly age out and they they'll become like courtesans or diplomats or something that won't have the guns, or, but they won't be exiled, or or go away and be a farmer, and they're like, True. nope, you're. You haven't uh, earned your thing. Okay, so that then um, one side of the line is Court's Cottage. Then, right? Is that where he like came from? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's everybody against Court, and before Court, it was Mark. Correct. Um, <laughs> so what, what did Court do to get the job? Like, 
It just got thrust into it. It's one of those unanswered questions, but in my head, I feel like Court in his heyday was probably a gunslinger himself who mm. was like just this like he's this barrel chested kind of like uh, kind of war machine of a guy that he probably uh, went out for years and was this like absolute maniac. And then at some point when I guess Mark was taken down by an overzealous um, trainee, then Court decided that maybe he had had enough of battling and decided that he was going to come in and train new gunslingers. Or maybe it was the fact that he lost his eye, so his aim isn't quite as good anymore. Who knows? Mm. But I feel I get the impression that Court had his own like storied history that he then decided to come in, come back and become a teacher. So I have a question. Uh, All right. So you're saying Court has one eye before this? Yeah. Yeah. It, it says at some point that his, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, let me go back in the book. I'm trying to think back to that last chapter where Court was involved. Uh, I don't remember them saying he, he was a one-eyed man. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to the point in a second where, where we can talk about that. But um, each end was usually clogged with tense spectators and relatives for the ritual was usually forecast with great accuracy. 18 was the, com- was the common age. Those who had not made their tests by the age of 25 usually slipped into obscurity as freeholders, unable to face the brutal all or nothing fact of the field and the test. But on this day, there were none but Jamie, Cuthbert, Alan, and Thomas. They clustered at the boy's end, gate-mouthed, and frankly terrified. Your weapon, stupid! Cuthbert hissed in agony. You forgot your weapon! I have it, the boy said distantly. Dimly he wondered if the news of this had reached yet to the central buildings to his mother and Martin. His father was on a hunt, not due back for weeks. In this, he felt a sense of shame, for he felt that in his father he would have found understanding, if not approval. Has court come? I'm going to stop right there. Yeah, we do have a few changes in that part. Um, So let's see. We've added uh, last names for everyone. Uh, Jamie to Curry. Cuthbert Allgood. uh, Alain or Elaine Johns. Uh, and he's been changed from Alan to Elaine, just to g- give him a little bit more of a fancier name to go along with Cuthbert. Uh, and Thomas Whitman, oh, yeah. who t- just, t- you know, sounds like the most normal name out of the whole bunch. Uh, so, <laughs> Cuthbert, all good. He's all good. He's all good. We, we talked about that back in the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there we've uh, got... Not a complete erasure of Jamie, by the exactly. way. Exactly. Jamie, Jamie and yes. even Thomas, he's still in the book, just to round out the whole group of uh, would-be gunslingers of uh, Roland's class. Yeah, a crew of boys. Indeed. And Roland is clearly the the leader. He's not the smartest one of the group. Mm. He's not nearly even like the best of the group, but he's the bravest of the group, it seems like. And like exactly. They all, they all like just get behind him. They're like, yeah, finally, kick his ass. We're sick yeah. of his teacher. Because <laughs> I feel like this gets down to uh, what it means to be a leader of a group of 
if not equals, then at least somewhat equals. Like, you've got... I feel like it's iconic. Like, you've got, say, Ninja Turtles. Leonardo is not the smartest or the strongest or even the... Maybe even the best, but he's got the authority. He's got the he's got the heart that can tie the whole group together. Yeah. Captain America. He's Raphael's clearly, got the most skill. True. Raphael's got the most skill. Donatello's clearly the smartest. Donatello's the smartest. Yeah. Michelangelo is... Just fun? I don't know. He's got some skill too with the number. Yeah, I feel like you always need a buddy. So Captain America, obviously (laughs) both uh, Bruce Bruce Banner and uh, Tony Stark are clearly leaps and bounds smarter than he is. But he's got the the war history, the war experience. He's got the kind of just like the heart to hold the whole team together. He's he's the kind of. It's just like one of those things that kind of makes a leader a leader that it's hard to even describe. Yeah. In uh, um, Age of Ultron, when Mm. they're having that stupid party and they're like, who can hold the hammer? And like, no one could move it. And then Captain America or Steve Rogers made it budge a little. Mm. And Thor looks over and was like, okay. And like, immediately he's like, this guy has my respect. Hmm. Well, I <laughs> feel then, like, of course, in Endgame, it all comes together. It's so exactly. Cool. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like uh, that's that's basically what it all comes down to is almost like is this person worthy? Does this person is this person pure of heart? Is this person? Well, I mean. That then we get to that question of like bringing it back to Roland, like what makes him this sort of leader? Would he would he in fact be worthy to wield Mjolnir? And I would say yes, honestly, because I feel like he's the kind of person who he is. Like I feel like ooh, I got I, it's down. I I've got I found the word. It's earnestness is what I feel like okay. makes a leader of just yeah. the kind of person who not only is can kind of hold a team together, but is also completely like strong in their convictions and they truly believe yeah. in the cause. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, what I would say. So every job I've ever had, Kevin, I get thrusts into these positions whether i like them or not mm. i never i never thought of myself as a leader but it was always like well oh, your your name starts with an a <laughs> so you're, you're just always first it's like okay i'll, I'll lead the line and then <laughs> and then i guess from there in, in life it's just like oh, i guess i gotta be the freaking leader okay here we go i'll be the captain of the team it's all good <laughs> someone's got to do it Mm. fair enough yeah i there have been a few times in my life when i've had to take some leadership role whether i'm supervisor of my team at work or a supervisor uh at the deli that i used to work at and every time i feel like i always i wouldn't say i fall short because i can tell people what to do and i can you know, uh, I can definitely at least do the job as it needs to be done. But I always definitely find myself either Donatello or Michelangelo. I'm never a Leonardo. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I could always either be I could be the smart guy who comes in with the stats or I can be the goofy guy who's just here to help and have it and make sure everybody has a good time. Like when it when it comes down to being the leader leader, I always uh, end up with 
this very like apologetic tone or I always end up apologizing. Mm. Well, like uh, as we've both said, we both end up apologizing way too much. Yeah. So chronic apologizers, chronic oh, apologizers. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm sorry to have to say this, but you know, you've been coming in late a lot and uh, I, it's just not allowed. I'm sorry. And it's just not the tone you can have as a leader. You've got to just have the authority. And I feel like that is what I lack. Well, it, I don't think it's about authority. I think it's about realizing what needs to happen and uh, doing it with the team. Like it, I've seen this uh, cartoon mm. where it's like, like the three types of leaders or whatever. And one of them is just like um, uh, sitting on a carriage, like pointing their fist. And then like all the people are in front of them. Mm. And then there's one where there's another guy like helping to pull along with the horses and stuff as they're so like i i think of myself as that leader where it's like you lead from the front rather than lead from the back i don't mm, know i could see that well, so like, what's the third one? Oh, now i forget damn it i i came up with this without remembering the third oh i'm curious now because if one is from well, the back was, one's it, from the front would the other one be from the one side was, one was sort of in the middle kind of thing and I don't know if that was the best one, actually, because it, it because the problem with the leader who leads from the front, who's also pulling the like being part of the horses is you're losing track. So, like, I think the third leader is the best. Like you're saying, it, yes, that that's what it was. It, it was sort of from the side in the middle, delegating the responsibilities to everybody, but like cheering everybody on at the same mm. time. You know? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I feel like that's probably the 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 compromise between the two options of not just being the one who sits back and tells people what to do and also not being the one who takes on too much of the work of their own. So, but, yeah, but yeah. also, like, I guess a delegator with perspective is the best way to put it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. To, to, like, run alongside the, the horses and say, come on, you got this, you know, like mm. that kind of thing. But at the An same inspirer. time, that, that leader is also, yeah, yeah. It's almost like the... Uh, uh, the picture of the wolves in, in a pack and, and like how they're around and like how there's some in the back, some in the front, whatever. But like the, the, the leader is actually, oh, yeah, is, is all the way in the back and mm. watching and making sure that nobody gets picked off kind of deal. Um, because he trusts his lieutenants to, to carry on. And, and like a leader has to give up control is mm. what I've noticed, you know, I, I can see that we've yeah. gotten off track. <laughs> no, but I like this. I like this, this, this whole discussion. I feel like it's, it's very relevant to kind of, because I feel like a lot of the time, like natural born leaders, like Roland, who are the kind of people who, they don't even look for command, really. They're they're not power hungry by any means. They're just the kind of person that other people just naturally kind of look up to who will and they just sort of, I mean, if not uh, assume that they're going to be taking control of things, but they're just the person who says, oh, this is a job that needs doing, so I'll just do it. And it's I feel like it's very in keeping with Roland's character that he d he isn't super introspective. He's he's the kind of person who just goes forward and does it. Yeah. Do you think also that leaders sometimes are also loners in a way? Hmm. In some ways, yeah, I, I would agree. Because I would say Roland is totally a loner. Oh, right? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 
it, I feel like though there, again, there are multiple kinds of loners. Like there are, because I feel like a leader who is a loner is the kind of person who feels this like pressure of responsibility. And therefore, it kind of separates them from the others around them. Whereas I feel like a loner who wouldn't be a leader, like, like uh, say, for myself, uh, for example, um, it would be the kind of person who almost sees other people like they're like or to put it this way there's like loners from the front and loners from the back if that makes sense and the crowd is in the middle like so basically like a a loner who's a leader would be like everybody else is like oh well he's his own thing and we need to respect him and give him his space and whatever whereas a loner from the back would be like everybody else is they're off doing their own thing and you know, they're, I'm sure they're all having a great time without me, but, you know, I, I'm fine. I don't need them. It's fine. Whatever. I'll just I'll, I'll stay at home and read. And so I feel like it's they're, they're two different sides of the same coin, maybe. Very true. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. there's, it, we can't paint with such a broad brush. True, sometimes. true. Uh, like, Very true. We're, we're trying to we're trying to look for connections, but, you know, everybody's different in their own way. And very, very true. Everybody's we're all great. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so just anyway, yeah, we, we all have, we all have our roles. So so the role here <laughs> with our guys on the side is to watch from the side and cheer and be like, "Come on, Roland!" Exactly. Get Roland has always had. There, there's always <laughs> been this unspoken thing that Roland is definitely going to be the one who goes first. But as they kind of mentioned that, uh, like, Roland is two years before even the youngest person who ever took the test, which is two years bo- even further before most people take the test. So all of the rest of oh, them really? are like, oh, yeah, Roland, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, Wait, so so Roland is 16 now or 14 now? I'm 14. Confused. He's 14. Oh, he's 14. Oh, yeah. my goodness. All right. That's even earlier than I thought. Mm. I thought he was 16. <laughs> yeah, so at this point, yeah. a freshman Court in high school, here. yeah, a freshman in high school is going up to a grown battle hardened like barrel of a man, and he like it is the absolute David and Goliath situation, literally, so <laughs> we so what let's re- let's remember why sure. Roland is doing this mm. is because of what he just witnessed with his mother and Martin. Exactly. Um, for so the- he is he's hot headed right now. He's flying off the handle. Court tried to get him to stop. More times than he even had to. He uh, court said like he gave him like like three separate chances to to what is it uh, cry off or whatever and call it off. Yeah, cry off. off, Yeah, renege (laughs) if you will. So and then and Roland is he is pig headed and he said no no I need this and for one uh, tale as old as time the uh, young boy who is going on someone else's honor who and. And he needs to get vengeance. Uh, so here we go. Yeah. So he's very hot headed. He just wants those guns, really. Exactly. He wants to be court so he can get the guns. Uh, court is here. The voice came from the far end of the corridor. Oh, and uh, there are actually 
So in the, oh, the one changes. that you skipped, there are a few changes. Um, so after Cuthbert goes, you forgot your weapon. Uh, in the old version, he said the, the boy said distantly, but we know Stephen King's hatred of uh, adver- of adverbs in uh, uh, right. dialogue attribution. So now it's just I have it, the boy said. Exactly. Uh, and then uh, the boy said. Yeah. In the original, it actually goes, the boy said distantly, dimly, he wondered. So Stephen King is like, two adverbs yeah. in a row. Heresy. Two, two in a row? Yeah. I've got to change this. Cross that one <laughs> yeah, off. I just noticed that. The boy yeah. said distantly, dimly, he wondered. It's like, yeah, mm. that is a little bit clunky. Yeah. So, uh, and then, he, so then crosses that one off right away and then it said uh so dimly he wondered if news of this lunacy had reached yet to the central buildings uh to his mother oh. and to, Ooh, and like to martin addition. yeah lunacy yeah because yeah. i mean lunacy. honestly yeah lunacy. way too young way too young so and then we've got another <laughs> what are you doing uh yeah so to his mother and to martin the original just says to his mother and martin uh, just to, I guess, grammatically, it makes more sense. This one feels like a who cares kind of change. And then his father was hey, on a I hunt. I want to go back to lunacy. Oh, yeah. I want to go back to lunacy for a second. Uh, what, is, what does that word mean? Lunacy, like, like insanity? Like to be a uh, lunatic. Okay, well, let's... A, a uh, lunatic could mean many different things, right? You could be a lunatic... Uh, for good things, <laughs> you can be a lunatic for bad things, but usually it means flying off the handle is what I'd say. Like, like true acting without thinking. Uh, let's see. According to the uh, Oxford English Dictionary, so number one, we've got the state of being a lunatic, insanity, not in technical use. Uh, number two, we've got extreme folly or eccentricities uh, of lunacy. There you go. So I feel like the, I mean, it might be a combination of the two that he's both, you know, insane or just an extreme folly, which uh, if he fails, this definitely would be. He's got smile on. Exactly. He's got crazy smile. He's, he's like, got that, going for it. That crazy rictus <laughs> grin. Yeah. So it's kind of a combination of the two. Yeah, got I would agree. Crazy look in his eye. Uh-huh. <laughs> So then, uh, right after that, we've got a little bit of a change. His father was on a hunt not due back for days. In the original, it said weeks. So we're kind of establishing that his father's a little bit closer this time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Still, he's not there. That's Not Not quite there. That's a blue change, I would almost say. Well, but it's kind of important, I guess. Yeah, it's it's changing the meaning of the word. So I feel like that's a solid orange. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, it's orange. You're right. Yeah. So, um, wait. So, so while I was reading that, I was wondering, like, does his father ever come back? And I uh, guess I'll find out as I read on. Yeah, that comes in like, later does books. He, yeah. d- does he? Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see later on. But like, uh, I was like, ooh, does his father get killed in this thing? I don't know. Yeah, hmm. more to come. You'll find out. I, that's. I'm just saying what I was wondering as the reader for the first time. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, can I move on then? Uh, actually, do you mind if I do it? Okay, I'll take yes, the next one. I would, I would love you to read it. Go for All it. All right. Has court come? Court is here. The voice came from the nice. far end of the corridor. <laughs> I like your court better. <laughs> and court stepped... 
And Court stepped into view, dressed in a short singlet. A heavy leather band encircled his forehead to keep sweat from his eyes. He wore a dirty girdle to keep his back straight. He held an ironwood stick in one hand, sharp on one end, heavily blunted and spatulate on the other. He began the litany, which all of them, chosen from, by the blind blood of their fathers, all the way back to the eld, had known since childhood, learned against the day when they, sh they would, perchance, become men. Have you come here for a serious purpose, boy? I have come for a serious purpose. Have you come as an outcast from your father's house? I have so come and would remain an outcast until he had bested court. If court bested him, he would remain outcast forever. Have you come with your chosen weapon? I have. What is your weapon? This was a teacher's advantage, the ch his chance to adjust his plan of battle to the sling or spear or bow or ba. My weapon is David. Court halted only briefly. He was surprised and very likely confused. This was good. Might be good. So then, have you at me, boy? I do. In whose name? In the name of my father. Say his name. Stephen DeShane of the Line of Eld. Be swift, then. So we got a few changes in that uh, section. Ooh, yeah. yeah, a lot of additions, actually. A lot of additions, yeah. So <laughs> as we've established, whatever Nick reads, he'll read from the original. Whenever I read, I read from the new version. So... Uh, the part where he describes the dirty girdle that's holding his back straight, that's new. Uh, and then, uh, where it says, and all of their fathers all the way back to the line of, back to the eld was added. I'm pretty sure eld. all of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, I'll, I would have to go back, but I forget if all of the King Arthur stuff, uh, was added in the new version or if, uh, it was no, wait, I think at some point they mentioned King Arthur in the original. So probably, but I feel like he definitely, he underlines it a lot in the new version. Um, and so an another thing that changes is uh, as Roland is responding Wait, before, to court. Before, ooh. Uh, I was going to talk about his, his, his ironwood stick. Yeah, go for it. Uh, sharp on one head, sharp on one end, heavily blunted and spatulate on the other. Uh, mm. I, I looked up spatulate, even though I, I thought I guessed what it meant. But it just meant like flattened, pretty much like a spatula. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's the that's one of those that definitely you know context. You can, it looks like a spatula, so it's like like yeah, looks yeah. like a spatula. Well, yeah. Just a, a, a word I, I I haven't seen often. You know, so mm. I, I just wanted to point it out. Spatula on the other end. True, that and probably for from the record, beating heads from years. <laughs> very true. It yeah, was, I feel like that's why it's flattened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, ironwood is an actual, uh, a real thing, a common name for many woods or plants that have a re reputation for hardness, or specifically oh, yes. wood density that is heavier than water. So uh, it's a type of wood that would sink. So, interesting, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, wood that would so, sink. Mm. Um, so, oh, but just super hard is the point. <laughs> exactly, yeah. This is the type of wood that could, like, crack skulls and uh, wouldn't break, so... Basically, uh -huh. and so next uh, changes I would say is uh, as Roland is going through the the call and response uh, in the original, it says, uh, "I have come for serious purpose, teacher." And so they keep addressing each other, "Boy, teacher, boy, teacher," back and forth. Um, yeah, yeah. I, oh, no, so, that's an important thing to to think about going forward uh, because it will change. But yes. Yeah. 
Roland from here on out is re- referred to as boy or the boy. Yeah, while. exactly. <laughs> so which who see. else have we been talking about? That is the boy. That is Jake. Yeah, Jake. exactly. It's, right? it, yeah. it's very interesting. I, like I, that's one of the reasons why I love this book so much is that not only in the, the, uh, the plot or the story is the elements of kind of depersonalization established of kind of considering someone not only a person well not a person anymore but they've been reduced to just their role within the story so as roland gets to know jake more and more he stops being the boy and starts being jake and like just in the the prose descriptions of things but then as roland is approaching the mountain he sees the man in black again and then he goes from being jake to be called refer- thinking about him and referring to him as the boy again the boy and then here it's the exact yeah. same way that uh roland doesn't even think of like i mean i guess the omniscient narrator doesn't refer to him as roland very often and in the original i don't even think it's at all it's only a few times through in the new version that he's referred to as roland and then it's very rare i I think it was he he said it here um uh when he was going in like that the boys the other boys, Cuthbert and Jamie and Thomas and Alan, were were uh, referring to him as Roland. I thought, like, mm. uh, anyway, but like, yes, you're absolutely right. And uh, mm. so we're going to see that moving forward as we go through this chapter. But this is a really tense scene. Very much <laughs> so. Really yeah, this. indeed. My, and then, uh, so then, is David. Yeah. So actually, before he says that, um, what is your weapon? And then this is the the so in the original version, it says uh, just his plan of battle to the sling or the spear or the net. And then in the new version, it says sling, spear or bow or ba. And basically, I had a question about that. What did that mean? A ba. So a ba. Is basically like <laughs> I, I looked it up uh, and I didn't really find anything. And this is just a, a dark tower term kind of thing. Let or me just double check is it. it. A thing? I don't know. No, I think it's basic. Like the the impression that I got is that it was sort of halfway between a because uh, in a later book he refers it to refers to it as like a bar or with a bolt. So I almost kind of feel like a ba is like a, like a crossbow, um, like a crossbow. <laughs> yeah, like a Roland's version yeah, of a crossbow. Okay. So okay. yeah. we'll, we'll call it a crossbow. Jeez. Yeah, like the, the, in my head, I was imagining almost kind of like a sling, like um, like not quite a slingshot, but like the kind that you would like spin over your head and then whoop out and let it go. But I got you, I like freak, uh, D- David yeah. and Goliath. David and Glass, exactly. Is what we what we have right here. Oh wait, my weapon is Precisely. David. Oh my goodness, my oh, weapon is wow. David. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Huh. A, a young oh, boy going against now. a much larger adversary. Yep. <clears throat> going back to yes. our Bible references. Yeah, so like here we go, and these. then <laughs> so then uh, added in. So the original is uh, much more like rat-a-tat real quick and it's just court halted only briefly so then have you at me boy i do be swift then 
so the the new version adds in all of the he was surprised and confused that was good might be good and then I do and then here we have uh yeah uh in we've got a little bit more of the gunslinger mythos that Stephen King established in later books where he says in whose name in the name of my father say his name Stephen Duchesne of the line of eld so just adding in the kind of the the line of my father the that kind of stuff just to make it a little bit more so is, more yeah, historical absolutely. patriarchal uh, yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is Steven like the best gunslinger? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I would say yes. He's definitely the leader. He's kind of the the king of Gilead, okay. more or less. But, and he's def- and he took his test the the youngest at sixteen years old. He was sixteen, and Nolan was fourteen. Okay. Mm. I need you to remind me of the things that I've already read. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, yeah. f- I forget <laughs> I if in, I mean, we, since we've read this whole section, we know that, but I forget if in the book it says yet that his father was the one who was the youngest at this point. It might be the kind of thing. It might not be revealed until after Roland uh, finishes up his test, but I would have to double check. Definitely a uh, David and Goliath. <laughs> That's for sure. Type battle is about to occur. Mm-hmm. With an actual David. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Cord advanced into the corridor, switching his stick from one hand to the other. The boys sighed flutteringly like birds as their Don Din stepped to meet him. My weapon is David, teacher. All right, so stop there. Uh, so in the original, it, the, my, my weapon is David, teacher is in italics. Oh, yeah, it's, that, uh, yeah it's italics in, in, in both. Yours? So, so it's just a, uh, a thought. Yeah. thought. Mm-hmm. Weapons, David, teacher. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to see was Don Din. Have we, we've seen that before, right? Yes. Um, I forget. Yeah, I think at one point, yeah, when uh, Roland was like, would I take advice from this boy and listen to him, Don Din? That's, that's insane. That's crazy. So basically... <laughs> So it's just the, like craziness, like, like lunacy, as we've hmm. Don Din is another is like a synonym for lunacy, it seems like. No, no, no. La, <laughs> Don Din uh, uh, is a synonym oh, for all. like basically the leader, the the one that everyone else kind oh, of looks up to. Oh, yeah. OK, I, I got you now. OK, hmm. yeah. now that make that makes more sense. So Don Din is a leader. Cool. Hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, OK. Uh, maybe I'll skip this one. Uh, there are some changes in here, so uh, so in here's, the ori- here's from from the original from Go the ahead. original. Did Court remember? Had he fully understood? If so, perhaps it was all lost. It turned on surprise, and on whatever stuff the hawk had left in him, would he only sit disinterested on the boy's arm while Court struck him brainless with the ironwood, or seek the high hot sky? They drew close together and the boy loosened the hawk's hood with nerveless fingers. It dropped to the green grass and the boy halted in his tracks. He saw Court's eyes drop to the bird and widen with surprise and slow, dawning comprehension. <laughs> now mm. then. Uh, so, we'll stop there. <laughs> so, yeah, we do have uh, a few changes in there. So, the it's a little bit more... I feel like it reads a little bit easier in the new version. It's, did Court understand? And if so, did he understand fully? If he did, very likely, all was lost. It turned on surprise. 
So instead of the, did he remember? What Had he fully it's, understood? It's an unsurprise. So basically, I'm just thinking that kind of Court is, he's got his weapon up. He's kind of just waiting to see, is is he going to do go with a ranged weapon? Is he going to go with a melee weapon? Is he going to get close or kind of go from, from a distance? And he's kind of weighing kind of which end of the staff to use, basically. Like, am I going to be stabbing or am I going to be deflecting or am I going to be just sort of bludgeoning this kid? So then, so, and then... Yeah. We're so, going for the elements of uh, element of surprise. So, so, so yes. as basically as long as it is before he realizes that he's going to have a hawk thrown at him, that Roland kind of has the advantage. So, as soon as David kind of rushes forward, then like he wants Court to be taken aback and just all of a sudden just to be kind of on his heels more or less. So, uh, oh, yeah. the yeah, so the. <laughs> But still, the the great part is that uh, Roland doesn't know <laughs> what mm, David's exactly. going to do. He's like, I think this hawk is with me, but would he just sit there and say, do nothing on his arm, or would he just fly off? Exactly. Much? Yeah, the, I feel like this <laughs> is the whole... Do, he, the third option is what happens. <laughs> exactly. Is he going to absolutely go for it, guns blazing? And, I mean, uh, to... In you know gunsl- gunslinger ways of you know if a hawk is a gunslinger if if a gunslinger has to be a hawk then this hawk is definitely a gunslinger so he goes forward as a weapon and just charging full on so yeah, yeah so the, yeah. the that I feel like that's what what I love about Roland so much is that he is kind of going into it with just based on faith that his friendship with this hawk will be enough. That I mean, so in the previous section where they're in the barn and Roland is kind of interacting with David, like they're, it seems like David used to be used for falconry, like kind of uh, training and everything. But it seems like now, since he's older, he's just kind of living in the barn and nobody's really taking care of him, kind of. And it seems like the person who is, is Roland. So he's kind of banking on his friendship with um, David that it's going to mean more than just constantly like training and uh, kind of and whatnot. So... Yeah. So, so, so I have a pit bull, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've met Gary. He's a good boy. Indeed. Gary um, Carter. Very good boy. <laughs> Gary Carter is, uh, but he's capable of some stuff, but he doesn't want to do that. And mm. that's what I feel like David is right now. He's like, oh, man. And I would never make Gary fight anybody. Like, in fact, no, I yeah. often, all, all I try to do is stop that from happening. But, oh, uh, one time I saw it happen to like see the true capability of a hawk or a, a pit bull or or something that is you know can do damage. It's frightening, and mm. uh, it's the same thing as seeing the capability of a gun. You know so- exactly. <laughs> and for the exact same reason, actually, because pit bulls, the reason why they've gained this reputation for ferocity is because they're so incredibly loyal to their owners and they're so loving that they're willing to go into battle uh, to defend you from all threats. And like, uh, yeah, there are plenty of dogs that are more vicious, like smaller dogs are much more likely to bite like dachshunds oh or uh, poodles or anything like that. Chihuahuas. Exactly. But the reason why 
kind of pit bulls have gotten this whole kind of unfair reputation for being violent dogs is just because they're much more willing to protect you. They're they're defenders, so they're they're not going out looking for fights like the the little dogs are. They're 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 they're, uh, they're and, there to defend their 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 owners, their family. And and that's why I think uh, David was never looking going for a fight. He was trained to go after those birds. He didn't mm-hmm. want to. He was being mm-hmm. trained by Court and and the other uh, gunslingers apprentices. What do what, what do we call these guys? Yeah, apprentices, uh, sure. Apprentices, actually, sure. or <laughs> I think at this point they might even be pre-apprentices. They might just be gunslinger hopefuls. Oh, so they're they're not even to the level of uh, okay. So like then because that that's something I was thinking too. Like they haven't touched a gun yet. They don't right. even know how to, like, so, like, once they get past this point with, like, court being a jerk to you, like, all mm. right, you, you beat court. Now, what do you do next? Okay, now you meet a gunslinger and learn how to shoot, I guess? Is- I think so. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like. Important. <laughs> yeah, it seems like court is actually only training the very young kids, like, uh, what is it, uh, 16 and under. So. It's so probably, I mean, we see Roland uh, training in falconry when he's 11 years old, so I assume that can't be the first test of, like, taking this falcon out in the sky. So he's got to be starting when maybe, like, 10, 9, or even, like, 7 years old of maybe his first lesson is, you know, going out with, like, a stick and just sort of, like, learning the right way to hit something. Uh, Yeah, just to see if you can do it or just go back to being a farmer. Is yeah, that, that seems to be so. So there's just a, 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 a pampered uh, child of a wealthy lord. Yeah, exactly. Like a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like like when white people get things that other people don't. Privilege. Like when rich people privilege. Why can I think of that word? Hey, we we think better together. Oh my gosh! Yes, it's just privilege. So, so I feel exactly. Like Roland and all these other boys have, have a, a level of privilege um, that the rest of the farmers don't. A thousand and, percent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Yeah. These <laughs> oh, are the kids Lord. growing up that inside of the castle walls. There. Yeah. <laughs> They've got croquet being played outside by the ladies of the of the 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 courts and everything. Like these are these are like royalty, basically. So the yeah the the townspeople outside. Like I, I feel like. Mm, I don't even know if uh, most failed gunslingers would become farmers. Like, I feel like anybody who doesn't have the guts to go up against court would probably want to hold on to their life of privilege and, you know, be some sort of like a, a what do they say, a like a diplomat or something. In the Scull- or, or something. Exactly. Or, yeah. yeah. That, that's what they were saying about Cuthbert earlier. Like, yeah. Freeholders. Uh, he'll be a diplomat. He won't be a yeah. gunslinger. Which I feel yeah. like is kind of yeah, Roland just, almost just, underestimating his friend. Yeah, not the best leader there. Well, Very I, that's true. why where he's more he's more of a loner than a leader. I don't know. Yeah, I would I agree. Don't think he wants to be around these people, like, and he doesn't really care about people. Um, uh, I would disagree with that. Like, I feel he, like he, he does care about his friends. Um, it's just it's more about him. Does, does he care about David? Well, he, he he actually had a talk with David and said, "Yeah, I know this is a hawk, but he said you're you're going to die today." And he felt mm. bad about that, but he's like, "You're being sacrificed for a great purpose, which means I'm using you to further my ends." He's very Machiavellian. 
true. I don't know if I've said that before, but. And in some ways, I feel like almost it's not. I mean, it's never a good thing to sacrifice somebody else for your own needs. But I feel like the fact that David is an old hawk now and he's kind of just sort of decaying in this barn uh, without very much utility. It makes me think that if we're going with the whole if A equals B, B equals A, if a gunslinger has to be a hawk, then this hawk is a gunslinger, then maybe a gunslinger wouldn't want to die of old age. Maybe a hawk like this wants to die in the heat of battle, like uh, a warrior wants to go to Valhalla, as it were. And maybe that's the reason maybe that's the reason why David is so willing to just fight for Roland on Roland's side rather than like seek freedom in the open sky. And maybe that's maybe Uh, that's Roland's. Do you think Korn is also that uh, warrior that wants to go to Valhalla kind of thing? Hundred percent. (laughs) Hundred percent. He, he he's like I'm going to keep fighting these small boys until one of them kills me. <laughs> exactly. That's what happened to Mark. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's the he's the kind of person who's going to go down in a fight of some kind. So he's that's like, the. <laughs> so okay, uh, now that at him the boy cried and raised his arm, and David flew like a silent brown bullet, stubby wings pumping once, twice, three times before crashing into Court's face, talons and beak searching. Hi, Roland! Cuthbert screamed deliriously. Court staggered backwards off balance. The ironwood staff rose and beat futilely at the air about his head. The hawk was an undulating, blurred bundle of feathers. The boy arrowed forward, his hand held out in a straight wedge, his elbow locked. Still, Court was almost too quick for him. The bird had covered 90% of his vision, but the ironwood came up again, spatulate end forward, and Court cold-bloodedly performed the only action that could turn events at that point. He beat his own face three times, biceps flexing mercilessly. David fell away, broken and twisted. One wing flapped to the ground frantically. His cold predator's eyes stared fiercely into the teacher's bloody, streaming face. Court's bad eye now bulged blindly from its socket. Ugh. I'm going to stop there. So, yeah, the I changes? feel like this is, yeah, this, I feel like he, this is definitely like Court was blind previous to this battle. Well, Court was blind in one eye previous to this battle. So, yeah. so he, okay, yeah, this is what I was thinking before. So. Then David just pecked out the blind eye, and it's like literally hanging. Ugh. Oh, I I assumed it was just sort of like a glare that it's bulging from. But then it does say just the one eye, so maybe that is what's happening. That uh, I thought like, he pecked it out. He, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe that's what's happening. Like he, it used to be that he had this one dead eye that he almost he just didn't really address that was on his face that was sort of like this white milky eye but now that yeah. the bird has pecked it out now he's got to go full eye patch so it's kind of like just the stages of it <laughs> um oh my gosh I'm, I'm trying to see if it's different in the new one now it is uh, actually uh oh, well okay. not not that part specifically but there are changes um the new one, oh no, the new one doesn't, uh, uh, the court's bad eye now bulge blindly from its socket is the same in both versions, but... Oh yeah, what Cuthbert says. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, even so, even, 
Even before that, yeah. So, um, like I was saying, let's see, there was that sentence, if so, did he understand fully? And if he did, if he did very oh, likely all was lost. says something. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah. So, in the new version, yeah. Would he only sit disinterested and stupid on the boy's arm uh, or seek escape in the high hot, hot sky? As opposed to, would he only sit disinterested on the boy's arm or seek the high hot hot sky so he's just adding in a little bit more like description uh, of just the way that david is acting so i like that uh-huh. and then next sentence as they drew closer as opposed to just they drew closer uh and then it adds in each for the nonce still on his side of the line so for so, the nonce uh, is a very right? like medieval like uh, uh phrase which did, i love did, did you look up that word kevin uh, no, I think, uh, yeah, I knew what so, that one So meant. I did. I did Go look for it. nonce. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently it means a, a pedophile. What? So, so yeah, L- look it up right now. N-O-N-C-E. Um, it has a couple different meanings. As they drew close together, each for the nonce still on his side of the line. So that means that court is the pedophile. They're just calling him a name. Uh, look it up. Is is that what it means? If you Am look up if if you look up nonce on its own, um, it's a. I don't even see that. Where? I mean, I feel like you had to go multiple definitions down. Uh, so the phrase for the nonce just means for the present or temporarily, like. Oh, is that okay. yeah? Yeah, the, so, the so, second... So was I looking too deeply into this? You, uh, a little bit, yeah. The second <laughs> definition is uh, uh, a pedophile, but, I mean, it's a, it's an eye-catcher. I'll, I'll grant you that, yeah. I mean, I look up nonce and immediately comes up a sex offender, especially one who is guilty of sexual offenses against children. I mean... <laughs> the first word that comes up. Oh, yeah, it's the, it, it's, uh, the second definition that I've got, uh, <laughs> at least according to Oxford. But maybe for the nonce is a much more British phrase than an American phrase. Which dictionary are you looking at? Oh, I don't know. That was just a Google search. Uh, yeah, that, that's what I did, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But... So, well. so for the nonce, so like, like, so you mean, like... It means now, like once, yeah, it's, like it's a, just temporarily a, it, for the moment. T- taking a uh, like a word, okay, like once, nonce, exactly. Well, that makes more yeah. sense than pedophile. I was very confused, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I looked it up. I mean, <laughs> certainly not. Yeah, the only uh, description we've got of Court's uh, uh, sexual habits is that he likes to frequent the the brothels, but yeah, well, we don't know how young the people are at the brothels, so. I, uh, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, I feel like that's a stretch too far. Like court might be oh, okay. a, a child abuser, but he is not a child uh, molester. Well, I, I like that you. <laughs> See, I like to think the worst of these type of characters because that's what <laughs> you Stephen do. King is trying to do is is mm-hmm. like point them out to be a terrible. You know, you are definitely on their kids and. I'm on True. Stephen King's set. Dude, I was I was <laughs> watching this documentary on it and I can't wait till we get to it. Oh yeah. I know that's not till like 1986, but oh man. Like just the thought of fear. The guy mm. has got it. You know? Oh, like, totally. What what are the things that scare you? And it might be just the littlest thing. 
<sighs> well, definitely Agreed. pedophiles scare me. Fucking yeah. jerks. Um, dang it. I cursed again. But jerks like mm-hmm. c- court who prey on young people. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Certainly. Certainly. Exactly. Yeah. The, but I I don't I mean, in this case, I do. Uh, I know your team gunslingers are the bad guys. But uh, for this case, I, I do think it's just a phrase. It's not saying uh, for the <laughs> uh, for the pedophile still on his line of the side of the line. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. They was just calling him a nonce. He's like, <laughs> That pedophile's on his side of the line. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. No, no, no. I'm I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to say, I'm going to just give you a, a hard no on that one. I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're <laughs> going to cut this one off just like he was holding a sword in the last thing. All right, moving on. Precisely. So, oh, yeah, that was, uh, that's actually another change that. Uh, I forgot to mention, uh, in the original, it said uh, switching his pike from one hand to the other. And then the new version, it just uh, kind of says switching his stick from one side uh, to the other, just to kind of keep it uh, consistent that they're just referring to it as court stick. So, yeah. But and then in this part is also an argument for him not holding a sword because his weapon of choice is his ironwood. It is his ironwood stick. Yeah. Flat on one side, pointy on the other. Um, Spatulates on one side and a a freaking hawk flying at his face and uh destroying his face ripping so out his here's the, eye i think or so, <laughs> maybe his eye was before we even get out. there <laughs> before we get there sorry i gotta i, I i've gotta go line by line um so okay. in any case <laughs> so then uh so in the original it said oh, he, no, saw, he says oh you little fool Did, exactly right? yeah so yes. um that, that was added. Yada, yada. so so the boy loosened the hawk's hood with nerveless fingers, dropped to the green grass, and Court halted in his tracks. In the original, it said, and Roland haunted, uh, halted in his tracks. So basically kind of... I, I looked back, and it doesn't say actually where David was before this. So I kind of think Roland had David behind I his back. I was thinking that. Yeah. yeah. So, the whole time I was like, he's like, where's your weapon? And even the boys from the side didn't see, like, where's your weapon? And was David like chilling in the, f- <laughs> or he just had it behind his back under his like, I think, jacket? I think he was like hiding under his coat or something, but he was definitely hidden in some way that he didn't realize what David was. So the boy loosened the hawk's hook and with nerveless fingers, it dropped to the green grass and court halted in his tracks. He saw the old warrior's eyes drop to the bird and widen with surprise and slow dawning comprehension. So he's got to be hidden somewhere. But this is one thing that I feel like the book is a little bit unclear about, like how how did he gain this element of surprise? But. In any case, yeah. so now he understood. Oh, it's you a little fool! Field, and he had to walk all the way up to the line, so twenty-five True. yards with yeah. a hawk under his. I, I'm I'm thinking it's under his cloak or something, wherever he's wearing his duster. Yeah, that's what I think too. <laughs> what, do you th- what do you think he's wearing? A duster. Mm, I feel like it is very Clint Eastwood-y, yeah. I feel like Roland is, but he's also this 14-year-old boy who hasn't gotten his guns yet, so maybe he's just sort of using, wearing like, kind of like a, I don't know, a robe, a cloak, something. He's wearing some sort of a, an overcoat, maybe, just to some, kind of hide this hawk can, from view. Do you know how big hawks are, Kevin? Uh, like two They're feet tall? big. 
Are they? No, look uh, it up. Real quick. Because I'm imagining them smaller uh, than falcons. Uh, hawk. Oh, I just lost my page. Let's, uh, let's see. see. Hawks. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess. <laughs> okay. Because uh, because there's going to be different uh, measurements you're going to get now is uh, beaked tail and wingspan. There's two different things. So obviously this is a hawk that's got its wings tucked in. But right. So let's beak say beak to tail. Beak to tail. I'm saying, jeez, oh, over two feet, maybe three feet. They're mm. big. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it also, I feel like, depends on which hawk we're talking about. Like, Roland describes him as being brown, basically. So I feel like well, we're talking isn't about... this picture on the cover of the book? It that's could a be. a black hawk. A black yeah. hawk. Yeah. So look up a black hawk. Hmm. Is that a species? I don't even... I know it's a type of helicopter. <laughs> True. Hmm. Let's see. We've got let's see types of hawks. We've got red-tailed hawks, sharp-skinned hawk, Eurasian I'm sparrow red hawk. Tail was the, the, that's the one that we have around here in Washington? Is a lot of, a lot of yeah. red, red-tailed hawks. Um, yeah, we've got goshawk. No hawk. How about uh, look at images and look for one that looks black? Let's see. There is a great black hawk, uh, but there's there also go. a brown brown falcon. So I feel like the the illustration and the story might be at odds here because I feel like the story describes him as brown. But I'm going to look up this uh, great black hawk is a let's see. That's probably going to be the so biggest. Where are they indigenous to? Taxonomy description. They are South America and Central America. Okay. Uh, so, Great Black Hawk oh, yeah. is that totally yeah, they're be- looks like David. Yeah, they're <laughs> between twenty-two and twenty-five inches, so yeah, less than so, about two so around two feet or a little less. Uh, so imagine keeping it like a two-foot cat tucked hmm. into your. Um, you could do it. I could. I you could. could keep you a could. Two-foot bird tucked into my like crook of my arm, sort of. True. Now, if we're going with my friend, which David is. Indeed. If we're going with the what I kind of think is the brown falcon based on his description in the book, 16 to 20 inches. So about, you know, uh, between like a foot and a half to two, a little less than two feet. Yeah, a little smaller. Yeah, yeah. True. Maybe we're not. uh, We also have. We also have bald eagles around here, man. Yeah, bald eagles beautiful. are huge. Yeah, those are definitely way bigger oh, than falcons and ho- or hawks. Yeah. So the yeah. talons on these things. Have you looked at the talons? Oh my god, they're I'd weapons. Like yeah. To, I'd like you to imagine that coming at your face, oh. your court. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's why he does what he does. He starts. Smashing his own face. To get the it's true. Off well, the step one, and the reason why I really feel like Roland was al- relying on the element of surprise, his first reaction is just to wave at the air around him to just try and like, you know, he, he's just running on instinct, which is, I feel like, what Roland really wanted. He wanted him to be thrown off. He wanted him to be not thinking strategically. Element of surprise. Yeah. And then yeah. as soon as he kind of didn't get, get his wits about him, he's just smashing himself in the face. 
face with the flat end. So not only is he striking the bird, but he's also disorienting and probably concussing himself, which is making yes. himself weaker. So again, we've got the incredible str- strategic uh, value of yes. David the Hawk. So... Well, uh, the, the st- strategic Roland, really. It's, exactly. You know, he knew it. David's just there for a purpose. David's is no, bold. no, no. The, that's what I'm saying. This, yeah. the, the value of Hawk to as a strategic like tool. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Ooh. So yada yada. Uh, oh, oh gosh, not only that, those... but oh, you little fool! Court nearly groaned, and Roland was suddenly oh, yeah, yeah. furious that he should be spoken to. So, so he's getting uh. his ire up. He's got the fury. <laughs> he's got the the kind of the, the rage in his eyes. Oh, so you're call as, me a fool. Yeah, now? at him, and he just po- raising his arm, and David flew at him like a silent bullet, and then wait, uh, let's stop it right there. Wait, yeah, wait. I'm a just, silent brown bullet. Th- th- no, no, I just want to say that's a great addition. I, I, oh, I forgot yeah. that, that that we hadn't talked about that yet. But oh, you little fool! That, that suddenly that he should be spoken to so at him, like it makes at him more like powerful. That he's exactly. like, you're going to call me a fool? All right. And then raising his arm. Okay. So I don't know. Does that mean that like, okay. I think he's like opening his coat. <laughs> like, mm, exactly. Allowing the bird to escape. Cause there's no way if he walked out there with the bird on his arm, it, they would give that up and that would give up the element of surprise. So yeah, I think it is hidden. Um, exactly. So go ahead. David flew like a silent brown bullet. He flew like a silent brown bullet, uh, stubby wings pumping once, twice, three times before crashing into Court's face, talons searching, beak digging, red drops flew in the hot air. So uh, then we got another uh, grammatical change where originally it was talons and beak, uh, talons and beak searching. So now he gives each different element something else to do. Talons searching, beak digging into the man's face. Red drops are flying into the air. It's just carnage going on. So, and then it says, Hi, Roland. Cuthbert screamed deliriously. First blood, first blood to my bosom. He struck his chest hard enough to leave a bruise there that would would not fade for a week. So everybody (laughs) is absolutely getting into it. Court uh, Cuthbert is just like punching himself in the chest so hard that just in pride of his friend. So I feel like just also that is just a little bit of like a uh, a tick in the side of. Yeah. yeah, aside of Cuthbert, maybe like he's got not only the blood, but he's got the strength to be a gunslinger. So maybe Cuthbert's um, more likely to be a gunslinger in the future. Yeah. So, so he, what do you call? It's the Ironwood staff he's is futilely going in the friends, air. Right? He's, exactly. He's getting his friends to like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's being a cheerleader. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so. There you go. The boy, meanwhile, uh, added in the meanwhile, arrowed forward, his hand held out in a straight wedge, elbow locked. Uh, This was his chance, and very likely the only one he'd have. So that little chance, the only one he would have, is added. Only one he'd have is added. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, yada yada, court was almost too quick for him. Bird covered 90% of his visions, beat his own face three times, biceps flexing mercilessly. David fell away, broken and twisted. One wing flapped frantically at the ground. Uh, and again, oh, we've got okay. St- yeah, Stephen King I, I, I with, with the grammar. Right yeah. This made me so sad because mm. like, this makes me think of animals dying and stuff. And, like, I, I, I hate 
seeing this. Like I can handle a human dying, but when you have an animal die, it's like, oh. But the the whole thing. There's a phrase. There's a phrase in um, filmmaking called save the cat or something where like um, the the person is truly the. uh, how do I say this? The, the protagonist or somebody you want to get behind because they saved the cat. You know, it's like John Wick. You know, I, that's the one I was thinking of. Right, yeah. <laughs> where where they, they, they killed his freaking dog and, and now he's like, oh, now I'm pissed off. You know, and like the mm-hmm. whole time he was just protecting this dog. And it's like, well, no matter how many guys this guy kills, at least he's caring for a dog. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. this bird like break like this it like broke my heart and mm-hmm. and also knowing that um <laughs> that Roland pretty much said to David you're going to die and you're going to be a sacrifice it makes me still believe that our friend Roland is not the protagonist because <laughs> he is well, not saving the cat here he is he is killing the hawk well you can be <laughs> the protagonist while not being the good guy is the thing he's a very dark protagonist okay because yeah, yeah. I feel uh, like, like the you said it, it's it's our uh, the 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 scale the Dungeons and Dragons thing right you exactly know, yeah Roland chaotic, is lawful uh, Ro- true I mean uh, I would almost say Roland is lawful neutral because he's neither good nor evil he's just he has his quest and he's going to do whatever it takes to follow this quest regardless of whether yeah. he does good things or bad things that's so. probably where our friend Machiavelli would fall on the scale too right. <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair to Machiavelli, he actually wrote, uh, uh, he wrote, uh, I forget what it was. Was it The the Prince, I think, uh, that yeah, became, the yeah, uh, it's satirical. That Those aren't his actual yeah. views. It's just he, because, <laughs> yeah, because he was writing as, you know, a person who would like the ends justify the means, the, uh, like, it, you know, Machiavelli himself himself probably didn't believe the things that have been described as Machiavellian. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's satirical. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, exactly. I'm saying, yeah, not the actual person, the artist mm. and the art he produced. Um, it, well, isn't there, Oh crap. Dang it. There was a whole book or short story written about like how to eat children or something. Oh, what is it yes. called? Yes. Um, uh, wait, <laughs> for some reason, my brain is going to an indecent proposal, but it's not what that is. It's a, uh, a decent proposal, a subtle suggestion. It's something like oh, that. A modest uh, proposal is what it's modest called. Proposal. Right? Think it's modest proposal. There we go. Yeah. It's by Jonathan Swift. That's Jonathan it. Swift. So yes. Just the other example of like, obviously he's being satirical. Precisely. <laughs> It's like, well, why don't we just do this? You know, <laughs> going back to Jonathan Swift was the uh, the guy who has so many adverbs in his uh, dialogue attributions. The Swifties were what Stephen King oh. called them. Oh, going really? uh, full circle, That's exactly. The Swifties. Yeah, I, I don't know. If I, Jonathan I'm, Swift was I'm also skip that part. Gulliver's Travels, or no, yes, no. yes, oh, it okay. is. Yeah, yeah. Hey, which is also satire. Uh, Kind of going right. over the, you know, the glory of uh, these uh, traveling. Uh, well, it's kind of making me call? think Sailors of this book too, uh, a little bit because it's like the um, the gunslingers are living high in their castles, and the people in the the farms are like the Lilliputians that are just too small to matter. Very you know, true. Might as well eat the eat the young. <laughs> hmm. 
huh interesting yeah. so I don't know yeah, why the, we got off on that tangent but i liked it i like um, it as well so anyway. so then but uh oh so back to uh as we were talking about uh david falling and dying on the ground i feel like david does have agency in this moment like the the tragedy of watching animals die is that it they don't understand what's going on or they are being used for someone else's purposes but roland actually he just holds up David and he lets David do what David's going to do. So David actually chooses to fly forward and kill Hort, uh, kill uh, to attack Court at that point. So it might be tragic mm-hmm. that he was so horribly outmatched by a human being who's, you know, 50 times his size and uh, strength using this iron clo- ironwood uh, um, stick to fight with. But the... I mean, you know, there's the argument that he was raised uh, from an egg, that he wasn't wild or whatever. So how how much agency could he really have? But I do want to say that <laughs> in the context of the story, I feel like <laughs> David is being given the choice to fly away or to attack. And David chose to yeah. attack. So he, he, had, um, yeah, he had the choice yeah. and he chose to stick with his friend. Exactly. To, work, work to the death. Sac- yeah. Sacrifice his soul. Yeah. And oh, going back to the, as we'll find out, as we'll find out, he's not actually dead at this point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, in the original, it said uh, one wing flapped at the ground frantically, but then in the new version, because Stephen King is a stickler for grammar, one wing flapped frantically at the ground. So, uh, kind of making a little bit more of an active tense and uh, not ending on a dangling uh, adverb. So, uh, oh, I let's see. Yeah. yeah. Adverbs, so, he really hates him. He hates him. Yeah. So well, it still bulged blindly from its socket. So yeah, you know, he, he's sparingly. got exactly. Well, I mean, he's got tons of them. Uh, frantically in the ground, stared fiercely into his uh, face, bulged blindly from its socket. Uh, connected. Yeah. Uh, the boy delivered a kick to Court's temple, connecting solidly. Uh, and then so now we're on to the next chapter. Yeah, or the next on to the next uh, paragraph. Yeah. Yeah, so it should have ended him in, the, in the temple. My kicked goodness. him in the head. Yeah, so that should have. <laughs> um, that should have ended it. Uh, where are we in the original? He went slack, uh, and then he lunged, grabbing for the boy's foot. The boy skipped back and tripped ooh. over his own feet. He went down to spur. Oh, no. oh, I'll stop. Before that, actually, uh, that should have ended it. His leg had been numbed by Court's only blow, but it should still should have ended it. It did not. For a moment, so the old school uh, Stephen King cut that oh, whole thing okay. out. Yeah, uh, it should have ended it, but it did not. For a moment, Court's face went slack, <laughs> and then he lunged, grabbing the boy's foot. Um. Oh, actually, I don't even see a previous hit here. Uh, yeah, the boy. Yeah, actually. Uh, yeah, the. You know, it, it says uh, in the original. It says, but it still should have ended it. It did not. No, but that's what that, that's my point. That's my point. The original says uh, uh, Roland's foot was Roland's leg was had been numbed by Court's only blow. But uh, da, 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 da. yeah, in there's nowhere where actually Court does land a blow on Roland. Like uh, so, oh. I feel like that's actually a correction there, which I like that he removed that part. Um, oh, so oh, so you're saying. That he took out that court even landed a shot on Roland at all. I thought he got him. 
Yeah, I don't see anywhere where Court actually hit Roland uh, before oh. him, like, kicking his temple. Uh... Yeah, so that one I feel like is a like a straight up editing choice just to kind of clear out this problem. No, no, so. I think what he was saying there is that um, Court's only blow is the the pain that um, Roland feels on his leg from hitting. Yeah, because it, like he unless didn't he actually hit him at all, <laughs> it's just oh. I hurt myself from punching you or kicking you too hard. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm just imagining, like, these might be, Roland might not be wearing, like, hard-soled, like, boots or something. He might be wearing, like, you know, soft-soled, like, moccasins or something. So if you kick somebody who is that muscular in the head with a soft shoe, that's going to do more damage oh, to the yeah. foot than the head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so it's more of the toe. I guess it depends where, like, you're kicking with your insole or, like, toe to the temple yeah that'll, exactly that'll do, that'll do somebody in oh gosh that'll, that'll i don't want to hit anybody kevin because i'm i'm kind of strong and like mm-hmm. i don't know imagine you hit somebody too hard and they just die that'll be oh yeah fucking horrible. it's terrifying oh, my yeah. gosh like yeah. if you hit somebody Jeez. in the nose in the wrong way the the bone of their nose can go into their brain and kill them like yeah. the, there are so many <laughs> I feel like this says so much about our self-confidence and our intellect that we're like oh <laughs> see <laughs> we know all these ways to kill somebody that we're both like oh I would never want to kill somebody accidentally and this oh <laughs> like cements both of us on the good side of the spectrum and <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah I'm lawful good I would say exactly Maybe yeah like- chaotic good i don't know is is that a thing (laughs) a hundred percent hundred percent yeah but i feel like chaotic good would even be more like uh kind of flying just limbs akimbo and just you know uh, fighting just on instinct and not necessarily be thinking about oh my god if i hit them in this exact way Uh, yeah exactly yeah yeah. Yeah, so we might be a little bit more on the lawful or neutral side (laughs) but yeah so (laughs) In any case, uh, I, I, I would agree don't, don't that, kick, yeah. Don't kick anyone in the temple. It's probably a bad idea. Bad idea. Since <laughs> if they're not like this hardened warrior. In a fight. Exactly. This guy is, has got a skull full of scar tissue, so I feel like he could take a few hits. So, yeah. um, let's so, see. So, um, he kicked him in the head. So, the uh, back and tripped over his own feet he went down a sprawl he heard mm-hmm. from far away the sound of jamie's scream so first of all kevin uh, a sprawl mm-hmm. that means like fully like oh yeah out of control eagle, like on, on your spread belly eagle, yeah like you've got one yeah. foot over the other one you're completely prone uh to use D terms like you're yeah, he's, he's definitely been... at the other person's mercy yeah yeah so court was right. Go ahead. You you read next. Court was ready to fall. Sure. On. Yeah. So before we do that, uh, in the old version, oh, it said the sound of the sound of Jamie scream. But in the new version, it says the sound of Jamie screaming in dismay. So he just adds in a little oh. bit more description of the way in which Jamie is screaming. So which I mean, like okay. to Roland, yeah. who's falling there on the ground, would he know the difference? Probably not. But Stephen King wants us, the reader, to know that Jamie is not afraid screaming for may like yeah he's just like oh like it's a little bit more of a kind of oh my our team is losing kind of way not oh my god he's gonna kill you kind of way <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so Kevin, i read this um 
I read this section three times, once mm-hmm. in the uh, old book and twice in the new. And each time I was just like going so fast through it that I wasn't noticing a lot of these changes just because mm. it was just so exciting. You know? Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing that like I feel like our method of reading with this like word by word analysis uh it's it's hard to do in this section because it's such fast action. It's like the it's yeah, rolling action. going with yeah David and uh, what is it? Court's got a stick out and he's punching punching like this is the kind of section that inspires you to read faster. So I feel like that's entirely intentional this on Stephen King's point of view. This is something I hope, and I I still haven't seen that uh, Idris Elba movie, but I hope that they. Uh, show this scene in that movie but if they uh, don't that's a shame <laughs> i, I so this feel is like why this uh th- this the dark tower needs to be a uh a series a, a tv show you know and it will there's uh wait let's see right? is that in in the works it is in I the works we let's see we yeah, did yeah. what's his name dark tower series um because this is like a whole episode. This is such a great scene. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they're going to train a hawk. Well, that would probably be CGI, right? Right. Um, yeah, Mike Flanagan has plans to adapt uh, The Dark Tower. I'm not sure if it's uh, 100%. I have plans uh, to adapt The Dark Tower. Oh, <laughs> I mean, he's got somebody to pay him money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it is in the works. Uh, apparently... It will be, let's see, Intrepid Deals from Amazon to Netflix. So it is going to be... Amazon sounds about right. Yeah, to Amazon. It seems like Amazon has been doing a lot of the, um, like, the fan, like, what fans want. Exactly. Bit. Like like Vox Machina. Yeah. The uh, animated series that was uh, originally a D&D campaign and it became a, an animated series. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was thinking um, the Rings of Power. Rings is, of Power. That's another like, one. It's so cool that it's like, yes, this is, is that, kind of what we, when want. we get to and, the and not every we can't make everybody happy, unfortunately. True. But uh, when we get to the Silmarillion, I, you'll I have to cool. tell me where Rings <laughs> of Power falls. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, the Rings of Power is a second age. Uh, well, we'll oh, so that's that. after Silmarillion. OK. Mm, it's well, it's. Part of the Cimmerillion, actually. Oh, so it's sort of in between? Okay. Yeah. All right, that's... Well, there's this I whole... Uh, the, I don't this want too much info. Wait, I, I gotta go in clean. It, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's Ultrapoda. It's just the name of a chapter, and it's uh, of the Rings of Power in the Second Age. Ah. Um, they, they just, you know, made it an acronym because mm. it's a cool podcast. It's called The Prancing Pony, if you ever want to listen to it. It's a good one. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I thought it was like a Latin term for like a, like a, a longer coda. The, no, no. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Of the rings of power and the second age. So it's Otrapoda. Oh, Otrapoda. Yeah. Otraposta. Uh, no, no. And the third age. Sorry. And the third age. So that's why it's Otrapoda. The, the, the third age. Gotcha. Um, most of the Cimmerillion is first and second age. Sorry. Rings of gotcha. Power is like, eh, I have to do more research myself because it's, it's, a, it's quite the tome. 
Indeed, yes. <laughs> uh, when we read Silmarillion, you're going to be the, the one in the, the expert seat, so get ready. Oh, no. Oh, Lord mercy. I'm going to have to do more research. That's okay. It'll, it'll That's be okay. It'll be fine. Exactly. So... Point being, back to Roland's uh, climactic uh, uh, coming of age. So he goes down a sprawl. Court, court was ready to fall on him to finish it. Roland had lost his advantage, and both of them knew it. For a moment, they looked at each other, the teacher standing over the pupil with gouts of blood pouring from the left side of his face. The bad eye closed, except for a thin slit of white. There would be no brothels for court this night. Something ripped, ja- something ripped jaggedly at the boy's hand. It was David, tearing blindly at whatever he could reach. Both wings were broken. It was incredible that he still lived. The boy grabbed him like a stone, unmindful of the jabbing, diving beak that was taking the flesh from his ri- wrist in ribbons. As Court flew at him, all spread eagled, the boy threw the hawk upward. Hi, David, kill! Then Court blotted out the sun and came down atop him. So... Uh, there's a chapter break there, so, but there so, isn't one in the original, uh, but oh, God. <laughs> a section uh, break. <laughs> section break. True. Section break. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. End of section so, seven. Um, indeed. Oh, my gosh. Ugh, Roland. Jeez. So, so at this moment, David is just literally trying to bite anything, and he's biting Roland. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he's exactly. Like, no, no. Kill that guy. And then Court finally does the killing blow on, on the hawk. Let me look up a word. Uh, well, I, I also like that they said, um, as court flew at him, all spread eagled, the boy threw the hawk upward. So like, <laughs> what can beat a hawk and eagle? <laughs> hmm. So there's this word in ancient Greek that's called a pharmacon that uh, is a thing that could be used for either good or evil, depending on how one uses it. So, um, so like basically pharmacon. like, yeah, like, like pharmacy, like basically like drugs, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. like yeah, uh, basically pharmacy just with a K-O-N at the end. Uh, so basically like saying that, you know, like, like drugs, like they could be either for pharmaceutical drugs or they could be drugs that people are, you know, using to get high or maybe using to kill someone. So it's a thing that can be both for good and for ill, depending on its usage. So I feel like this is kind of what David has sort of become. He is a force of destruction that will destroy whatever is nearby. So at the moment, he's going to just sort of bite and tear at Roland's uh, flesh because it's what nearby. So then Roland, seeing that David wants to kill, wants to destroy, he just uses him for the express purpose and just throws him directly at uh, Court so that oh, he wow. could just de- so that he could destroy for a purpose as opposed to just destroying mindlessly. Oh. So interesting. So I'm all, so I, I got to say, uh, I know you're another example of a pharmacon. A gun, uh, a thing that can be used okay. to, yeah, uh, a there thing that can be I used for for police to defend others, or a thing that can be used to intimidate someone to back away, or it can be the thing that's used in a school shooting. So it could be used for good or evil. Yeah. So I got gotcha. you. Indeed. So uh, yeah. going on this continued analogy of not only is Roland uh, a hawk, but the hawk is Roland. Roland is a gunslinger. A gunslinger is a it is in some ways a gun. So therefore, a hawk is a gun that's being used in this moment. 
So a lot of right. a lot of uh, what is it? Commutative property, transitive property. Uh, I forget which uh, math term that would be. Uh, <laughs> it's transitive. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, how do you how are you using math terms for writing? What? Oh, easily, my friend, easily. Uh, <laughs> commute. Okay, so. All right. Bringing it back to our mom, the math teacher. Uh, okay. So, yes. So, com- commutative property is six plus three equals three plus six. So, uh, no matter the order of things, it'll still end up to the same result. Associative property is uh, six plus three pr- parentheses. parenthetical parentheses. Yeah. So, I guess parentheses means it's the associative property. So, like, basically saying that. Uh, I don't know if that one, yeah, distributed. How does this relate to writing again, though? Um, basically, I'm saying if A equals B, then B also equals A. So that would be the uh, commutative property. So if, if the hawk is a gun, then the gun is a hawk. Then the gun is must all, exactly. Well, yeah, if the, if the hawk, well, no, wait, that's that. Oh, no, no, no. That I think that actually might be. Just the associative property. Well, the is a it, bullet. Yeah, if A equals B uh, and B equals C, then A must also equal C. So I think that's a logic oh, yeah, puzzle. That's that's, some, that's a logic thing. Yeah, yeah. I forget what that, I think that's transitive now. Uh, I think that's no. I don't know. Hmm. This goes, this goes back to, I could be looking things up too. <laughs> so yes, transitive property. Yes. So it is correct. It is the transitive property. If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. Yes. So, yeah. so coming back around. All right. So I guess this is uh, logic as well. well. The problem so, with the transitive property is uh, <laughs> you can make a lot of loose connections that way that that lead to very uh you know bad ideals from people in the past <laughs> i suppose so i suppose so but i mean what what are we doing here if not making uh wild uh, connections exactly wild connections exactly between multiple things <laughs> so you're right you're right and so so uh the only thing changed in that little bit was that uh uh, court was ready to fall on him and finish it. He had lost the advantage, uh, was changed to Roland had lost the advantage, and both of them knew it. So the both of them knew it was added in. And yeah. then it was David tearing blindly uh, in the original. And then the new version has tearing blindly at whatever he could reach, uh, just to make it a little <laughs> bit more kind of descriptive. This is one of those examples of... Um like turning it into a TV show um, mm-hmm. where like, and then they fought, it turns into like <laughs> a 30 minute sequence. And like, this actually takes us through it, but this, Oh my gosh, this could be such a detailed sequence in a, in a show. That totally. I, I hope they do. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. The, um, so yeah, let's just blow through. I mean, I'm sure this is going to be a long one, but uh, we've got to finish this because uh, we've got this whole uh, the end of this battle. So the bird was smashed so between the birds, them. Yeah, you want and me the to boy. Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. I just read. So yeah, you go ahead. 
the bird was smashed between them, and the boy felt a calloused thumb probe for the socket of his eye. He turned it at the same time, bringing up the slab of his thigh to block Court's crotch-sneaking knee. His own hand flailed against the tree of Court's neck in three hard chops. It was like hitting ribbed stone. Then Court made a thick grunting. His body shuddered. Faintly, the boy saw one hand flailing for the dropped stick, and with a jackknifing lunge, he kicked it out of reach. David had hooked one talon into Court's right ear. The other battered mercilessly at the teacher's cheek, making it a ruin. Warm blood splattered the boy's face, smelling of sheared copper. Ooh. All right. Any differences there? Uh, only in the spelling of calloused. Uh, in your version of the book, how does it spell calloused? Uh, I think it was. Wait, wait. That's uh, in the last page. Do, 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 do. Callous thumb. C A L L O U S E D. Yeah, in the new version, I've got C A L L U S E D, and I think that's. Oh. I think that might be one of the few spelling changes that we've got that actually oh, makes it a little, a little bit less old timey. Because I feel like now that's the the proper like scientific spelling of callous. Is that right? Huh. I, I always thought it was O U. Like if you got uh, a callus on your hand, I thought it was. Uh, but I think you're right. I think there is no O. Yeah, you're, I'm looking up uh, C A L L U S, and that seems to be the more common spelling of it. Yeah, both in uh, English and Canada, it seems, uh, and in the UK. Uh, according to NHS.UK, they spell it C A L L U S. So, so I get my calluses from like uh, the guitar and stuff, and raking leaves. Exactly. It's with so, it's C-A-L-L-U-S. Got it. Yeah. So apparently when I look up C-A-L-L-O-U-S, it's actually the more common usage is uh, showing or having an insensitive or cruel disregard for others. So callous is more likely the adjective. And the secondary definition is a variant spelling of C-A-L-L-U-S. So it seems like... Uh, well, more, import- more importantly, more importantly, his... He's trying to stick his thumb into Roland's eyeball. Yeah. So it's kind of both usages of the word. He is being both insensitive and cruel. He sure is. Yeah. So uh, uh, that. that uh, oh, God. Do, do you remember that Game of Thrones episode? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, the mountain. Oh, the mountain. Yeah. Night- I still get nightmares over that one. Oh, oh really? Pedro oh. Pascal. If you only Pedro had Pascal. a helmet on. Indeed. But, <laughs> you know, the, the Viper is stripped back. He had poison on his blade, so he only had to make that one nick. This is true. But in Things any case. Survived. I don't know. Anyway. Well, yeah. so then Court tried to, to give him a, a knee to the crotch, and mm. Roland was able to block that away. So that's a tough mm. one to block. True. And, and someone's trying to... to crotch knee you but he was able to his own flail hand wait uh what do you what do you do here? his own hand slab slab of his thigh to block the crotch seeking knee so he yeah just so like turned a little bit yeah <laughs> and then his hand is trying to like uh <laughs> i guess karate shop court's neck uh in three hard chops and just court is just made of muscle so it was like hitting rib rib stone um yeah <laughs> yeah Ugh. you ever well exa- again i don't like to punch people but like mm. um I, I remember playing basketball and like boxing people out 
And there's like mm-hmm. some dudes who are just like, this guy is just <laughs> fucking solid. Yeah, he is <laughs> unboxable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do my best, but geez, you are just <laughs> stone. Yeah. I'm going against. <laughs> so uh, sadly, here we go. Court's uh, fist struck the bird once, breaking its neck again, and the neck snapped away at a crooked angle. And still, the talon clutched. There was no ear now, only a red hole tunneled into the side of Court's skull. The third blow sent the bird flying, at last clearing Court's face. The moment it was clear, the boy brought the edge of his hand across the bridge of the teacher's nose, using every bit of his strength, and breaking the thin bone, blood sprayed. Court's grasping, unseeing hand ripped at the boy's buttocks, trying to pull his trousers down, trying to hobble him. Roland rolled away, found Court's stick, and rose to his knees. Court came to his own knees, grinning. Incredibly, they faced each other that way, from either side of the line, although they had switched positions, and Court was now on the side where Roland had begun the contest. The old warrior's face was curtained with gore. The one seeing eye rolled furiously in his socket. The nose was smashed into a haunted, leaning angle. Both cheeks hung in flaps. Uh, so before we go forward, uh, oh there gosh. are a bunch okay. of additions yeah, yeah, yeah. in Wait, there. I have, I, have a, I have a couple things to say. Wait, first, I, I just want to talk about I, I, we skipped over uh, smelling of sheared copper, which I thought mm-hmm. was an interesting thing to, to describe how blood smells. But anyway, yeah. that's just me, science teacher. Yeah. Science teacher, yeah, you know. Uh, I, I wonder blood if does something. Blood if, smells if, like pennies. Copper in your blood? Or are you? I don't know. Is I well, think Court might be sick. Like he's actually. Uh, well, dying. it's not like the chemical <laughs> copper. I think it's. I think Stephen King was more going on like the this like blood smells like uh, smells like pennies. I guess. Because I think okay. that's a thing, anyway, or at least a thing on. Stephen King has said. Uh, so, first of all, Court has now finally killed David. I think we we can. His neck uh, I mean, snapped is, away at a crooked angle. Mm-hmm. Well, neck is broken. His back is broken. Um, yeah, was, but at the same time, he's also ripped out Court's ear. Ripped out Court's ear. He is like torn, like his entire like cheek into ribbons. So I'm sure you can see like muscle tissue and teeth through his face. Uh, uh, sinew. Like uh, this. This uh-huh. would be a, again a great sequence in the TV show with no like censoring because this could exactly. be really gruesome. Oh yeah, this is Game <laughs> of Thrones level of gore here right now. Yeah. Uh yeah. I think. <laughs> I think David's dead. I I don't want to say it for sure, but in any case, uh, so they added in. Yeah, so they added in the moment it was clear. So originally it just said the boy brought the edge of uh, his hand to the teacher's nose and then added in using every bit of his strength. So originally it was just the boy brought the edge of his hand across the bridge of the teacher's nose, breaking the thin bone blood sprayed. And and that's... That's that uh, punch you were talking about before that could easily exactly just, yeah yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, and also added in trying to pull his trousers down to hobble him because originally it just said oh, yeah. his unseeing hand ripped at the boy's buttocks and that was it. <laughs> just like why would you be yeah, trying like, to grab what? at his butt while he, while you're fighting? <laughs> uh, well, it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, like a hockey fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're trying to pull the shirt over his head. Yeah, to disorient him. Yeah, try to like make them 
not be able to move as much, you know? It's true. Yeah. Cord is very grasping smart. at straws, literally here. Yeah. Exactly. So then in the original, it said Roland rolled away. Uh, do Roland rolled away blindly, finding Court's stick rising to his knees. And then the new version, it has Roland rolled away, found Court's stick, and rose to his knees. So again, we've got grammatically Stephen King doesn't like he did this, comma he did this, comma he did this, and then whereas in the new version he much prefers to say he did this, then did this, and did this. So much more uh, grammatically mm. correct, I guess. Yeah. Because I feel like my own uh, um, writing style used to be much more in the the vein of the he rolled away blindly, finding the stick, rising to his knees, keeping it all present tense. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's like it, it's better to have it uh, flow together better. Um, exactly. Did yeah. this, ended this, then did that. Yeah. Rather than did this, he did this, he did this, he did, he this. did this, doing this and doing that. Yeah. So keeping it all in the past tense. Yeah. Yeah. So he's uh, yeah. he finished his grammar book and he's going to go back and correct his own grammar. So. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. The, and uh, then and then another part that I really like is adding in the whole part where it says they faced each other from opposite sides of the line that they originally started oh, yeah. from. That's all. That's all new. So I love that whole kind of put like saying within the saying, teacher is now the master. Exactly, spatially expressing <laughs> oh, no, no. The, the, that the they've switched positions. Is now the master, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> the teacher was always the master. <laughs> the, and the then, student uh, is now the master. <laughs> and then, because originally it just said evil, Darth. Darth. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but then, in the since in the original it said Court came to his knees, grinning. His face was curtained with gore. But then, since they added in this awesome part about switching sides and all. Uh, uh, it says the old warrior's face was curtained with gore. Uh, and uh, let's see. And then he changed, uh, the rolled madly. Face. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Oh, and now then to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, uh, the one seeing I rolled madly in his socket was changed to rolled furiously in his socket. So I like just adding more agency into it. So instead of being rolling kind of like without sight, as you would imagine madly to mean rolling furiously in his socket means it is searching. It is a heat seeking missile trying to find Roland. Yeah. Well, he also has, only has one eye, so depth perception is pretty tough. Very true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the old Cyclops problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, which might also be another reason why he's no longer a, a proper gunslinger is that his depth perception is off, so his aim isn't as good as it once was. So he was blind in that eye before then. I'm the, sticking with that. I'm the, saying the in my version, yeah, in Kevin's headcanon, uh, Court used to be a gunslinger. Uh, he, uh, his, yeah, his one eye went blind. He lost the shooting skills that he once had. And he I feel like it was he chose to become a teacher before Mark died. So that's my personal chain of uh, events. Uh, OK, cool, cool. Like he was training right. under Mark about how to be a, yeah. Oh, All right. So the key is you have to horribly injure these children as often as possible. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. 
Uh, and should I be respectful to them at all? No, you have to call them maggots. You have to treat them like absolute crap. No matter how much respect you actually have for these children, you have to treat them like absolute uh, shit the entire time. Yeah. (laughs) This is the worst teacher's mentor that ever existed. You see this paddle? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Paddle them as much as you can. Yes, this ironwood yeah. staff yeah. has gone has gone through the ages. It's gone from teacher to teacher. You have to beat each one mercilessly in order for them to become a gunslinger. So we want our gunfighters to be horribly concussed as much as they can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. And uh, guess what? Here's your one benefit. One of them will kill you one day. <laughs> and that one day one really great <laughs> exactly the king of gunslingers is the one who will eventually kill you oh man i feel like the but i feel like horribly har- maim you oh yeah i mean uh joking aside i feel like this kind of honor culture mentality is very much sort of like a samurai kind of thing like this like yeah, right. the yeah the one worthy enough to kill you will be the true king i guess yeah Oh, man. It's a, a different time. Different place. Age of wonder. I'm glad but we don't case, live in that time anymore. I like to teach you kindness sure. and compassion yep. and empathy. <laughs> Indeed. We are, um, we are uh, neutral good. There's yeah. a change here in this next little section that I wanted to talk about. Uh, Go for it. Yeah. Uh, if you want to read the next part. This is from the old. This is from the old. The boy held his stick like a baseball player waiting for the pitch. That's what I wanted to change. Is uh, in the new one, it says the boy held the man's stick like a grand points player waiting for the pitch of the rawhide bird. Yeah, that is. <laughs> so I, I, I looked up grand points. I found nothing. It was like, yeah. It's just something he made up. Like just like baseball. This is a exactly. stupid sport. <laughs> this is him saying, uh, baseball feels a little bit too, you know, our 19, well, his 1978 Earth. So our I'm going to, yeah. yeah, exactly, our world. So he's like, oh, I'm going to make up a sport. Uh, of, and we're just going to call it Grand Points. And instead of a ball, it's a rawhide bird that they throw at you. <laughs> Sounds good. Exactly. Just, just as viable. As just baseball. for world building. Yeah. <laughs> and as <laughs> we know, Stephen we do, King is a. Like baseball. Yep. We do love baseball in our family. Stephen King, so, big yeah, baseball, baseball fan. For years. Um, <laughs> well, there's there's one change in here where it's in the original. He was he was ready, and then he, the the uh, the new version it said Roland was ready, not fooled by the slightest in the slightest by this last trick, which both knew was a poor one, and so uh, so. Court tries to kind of do a little feint and then comes straight at Roland. Roland sees it coming a while away. He swings uh, in a home run uh, swing and then smicks, smacks uh, Roland's skull with a dull thudding noise. Then Roland says, Ooh. yield or die. Bonk. Yeah. Bonk. Yeah. So, and this yeah, guy that has is been beaten down. Yeah. Beaten, mutilated, he's been deformed, he's been, uh, you know, taken down in every possible defi- stretch of the definition. Roland says, yield or die. Yeah. Uh, and Court smiled. Nearly all consciousness was gone, and he would remain in a- tended in his cottage for a week afterward, wrapped in the blackness of a coma. But now he held on with all the strength of his sh- pitiless, shadowless life. And then added in from in the new version, he saw the need to palaver in the boy's eyes, and even with a curtain of blood between the two of them, understood the need was desperate. So back to here's oh. one that's yeah in the both versions. Just I yield gunslingers' point of view. 
going into yeah. Quirk's point that, of view for a second, it's like, exactly. wait a minute, I need to talk to this boy real quick before I pass out. Yeah, before <laughs> I may or may not die. Uh, yeah. I yield gunslinger, I yield smiling. And then added in the new version, you have this day remembered the face of your father and all those who came before him. What a wonder you have done. Court's clear eye closed. Oh, wow. With, so, with exclamation point, what a wonder yeah. you have done. Like, like he actually is showing pride in him for beating him and with, with the hawk and just hitting him in the head. And <laughs> he kicked my ass. Well done. Exactly. Ugh. Let me just check the face of father. Because I... Oh, yeah. So this is the first time we actually see this phrase. Uh, yeah, you remember the face of your father and all those who came before him. So this, is just to let you know, is going to be a bigger phrase as time goes on. The face, remember the face of your father. So, remember the face of your father. Okay. All right. So court's eye closed. Roland kind of shakes him. But yet this was... Uh, not as strange as it could have been, because there had always been a gulf between this one and the rest. Oh, because the other boys are like running forward, like yeah, are running yeah. forward to like thump them on the back, hoist them to their shoulders. But you know, there is still this gulf between them. As you know, Roland well, the gulf doesn't. Is that the gulf is that he is now a man, and they're boys. And yet the gulf had always been there because I feel like Roland is the definition of someone who is unaware of their privilege because he's like, oh, there's this gulf between them because I, the the leader of them all, the Don Din, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, I feel like if he thought of it from any of the other boys' point of view, they're like, yeah, you're the son of the freaking king. Of course there's a gulf between us. (laughs) (laughs) But he didn't realize that. Yeah, that's what a, I think. A, a Roland, boy. Yeah, yeah. a little bit stupid. He's just like, oh, but I, the the, the foretold uh, chosen one that must be separated from the unwashed masses. No, Roland, you're the freaking prince. Get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Court's eye fluttered open again weakly. The key. The key, Gunslinger said. My birthright teacher, I need it. His birthright was the guns. Not the heavy ones of his father weighted with sandalwood, but guns all the same, forbidden to all but a few, the ultimate, the final weapon. In the heavy vault under the barracks where he, by ancient law, was now required to abide, away from his mother's breast, hung his apprentice weapons, heavy, cumbersome things of steel and nickel. Yet they had seen his father through his apprenticeship, and his father now ruled, at least in name. Is there any changes there, Kev? There, there's a couple of like minor changes. Uh, the his birthright was the guns. Uh, in the original, it has a double dash right after guns, not the heavy ones mm. of his father, comma weighted with sandalwood, double dash, but guns. The new version has his birthright was guns, comma not the heavy ones of his father, double dash, weighted with sandalwood, double dash. So it's kind of more oh. emphasizing yeah. the sandalwood part of it rather than the not the heavy ones of his father but guns all the same well it's like uh, talking to the reader it's like not the ones you know mm, that we talked well, about before in great detail yeah not, are, not the ones he's that he's up apprentice guns yeah not the ones that uh, destroy the entire town of Tull. but uh, these are yeah. going to be guns all the same 
Right, right, so, right. and then also we've got, uh, but a few, and he actually takes out the part where he talks about, um, yada, yada, the ultimate, the final weapon forbidden to all, but a few. So, uh, oh no, he holds in forbidden to all, but a few. So the ultimate, the final weapon he takes out because I mean, either a, because it is technically a sentence fragment because there's no verb in there. It's just the ultimate, the final weapon. Uh, but also, I mean, it is a little bit like once you say forbidden to all, but a few, like you kind of, You've said what you need to say. You've emphasized how important guns are to this society, that only the gunslingers are the ones who actually have it. So I feel Uh like... um, This isn't a weapon that's used for hurting. This is a weapon that's used for straight killing. Like, yeah, boom, this is a weapon boom. of yeah, this yeah. is a weapon of the knights of the this culture. This is the guns are controlled at the very least in gunslinger world. So, yeah. Um and then also uh in the new version it went from uh heavy cumbersome things of uh steel and nickel to heavy cumbersome barrel shooters of stick and of steel and nickel. So just kind of being a little bit more descriptive, like, because anytime you can take out the word thing is probably a good idea. It's just to. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I always think about that in writing and well, when kids are responding to like questions like, I don't know, it's this thing that does thing. And thing. Yeah. Like, is that no. a thing? Yeah. Can, can, <laughs> can you describe that better, please? Yeah. Use, <laughs> use more proper nouns. Use some adjectives. Throw some adjectives in there. Yeah. So I feel like uh, writing 101, uh, whenever possible, avoid nouns like thing, stuff, and well, there's the rule Nonsense? of threes, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, avoid thing and stuff. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever is whatsoever. There you, go. you know, just mm. like, yeah, things like that. <laughs> always be, always and, be specific. Yeah. And whatnot. And whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and then Court says, Is your need so fearsome, then? Court muttered as if in his sleep. So pressing? Aye, I feared so. So much need should have made you stupid. And yet you won. The key. The hawk was a fine ploy. A fine weapon. How long did did it take to train the bastard? I never trained David. I friended him. The key. So... Uh, I'm going to stop right there because there's a few there's a little bit more space before some changes. So, again, we've got Stephen King being more specific. The original, it said, is it so fearsome then? Uh, And then changed it to is your need so fearsome then? Making it more specific. And then so pressing. Uh Uh, I feared so. And yet you won. So it goes from so pressing. I I feared so. And yet you won. I love love your court voice. Your court voice is wonderful. Mm. <laughs> I guess this will be our last chance to use it, huh? Exactly. Yeah. After this, Unless it uh, comes back. I don't know. <laughs> well, we will see. We will see. So I guess we'll see. It, it uh, seems that we're in a nexus of time, so we could always go back in time. Very, very get true. Back yeah. In time. time. <laughs> ba, 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 da. But anyway, 
so like Court is trying to it feels like even though Court is he looks like he's kind of babbling because he's very very injured I almost feel like Court is trying to distract Roland because he's trying to be like oh yeah you did a great job the key yeah the hawk was a fine ploy give me the fucking guns yeah so <laughs> yeah yeah sure sure great sure, I don't sure. need Who your cares? platitudes right now I, yeah. I need to go kill this Martin guy He's a jerk. So, and then just uh, like one, th- another change that I liked from the new version where he says, I, I feared so. So much need should have made you stupid, and yet you won. So, kind of just elaborating on the uh, so pressing. I feared so, and yet you won. So, like, yeah, the, the original is much more kind of like X, Y, Z, ratatat, like much faster. Whereas in the new version, he's much more descriptive, much more flowery in his prose. So the hawk dot 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 a fine ploy becomes the hawk was a fine ploy. So a little bit more, I feel like grammatically correct, but I feel like the hawk a fine ploy. That sounds like someone who's gasping for breath on the on the brink that, of that's unconsciousness. Exactly what I was thinking. I would I say think the yeah. dot 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 is good. There, it's like the hawk a fine ploy. Like yeah. he's like has to take a breath in between it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a person who's been this horrendously injured and mutilated, they're a little bit more out of breath. They're a little bit, mm-hmm. m- might be more fumbling with their words. They'd be a little bit less uh, flowery with their prose here. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway. So, Court I, gives I never, Roland the key. Oh, wait, I, n- I never trained David. I friended him. Mm, so, that was like, the key. I friended him is like, what, so the key like he was asking for the key but also saying that like the key to what i was doing like it was a kind of a double entendre yeah. there like the key uh, means there yeah it's almost like more than a double meaning there that's like a i want to almost say like it's instead of i don't even know how to put it like he's using both meanings of the word at the same time there like it's like a like a double barrel shotgun kind of um yeah yeah Fair so enough. To, to go back key. to the gun metaphor, yeah. Now give me the so, key. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's also uh, the gunslinger. Well, Roland is short with his words. He's, exactly. He's very. He's like, look, I don't need very to blunt. use too many words. The, mm. the key. Yeah, mm. that was the key. Now give me the damn key. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Very efficient. Uh, yeah. So uh, and, he reached under Court's belt. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, go ahead. Were you going to say yeah, something? Uh, no, I was, uh, like, this section, I feel like we don't have as many changes. So, feeling the heavy press of his belly becomes feeling the pre- heavy press of the man's belly. So, Roland kind of takes the the key and he's restraining the urge to thrust it up to the sky, a salutation of victory. Like, I love that <laughs> moment. I did like that moment, too. He's like, yes! Dun, da, da, da. It's like... Uh, <laughs> like, achievement like, unlocked! End of a mo- yeah, exactly. At the end of like a Mario level, it's like I have finished yeah. this level. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you've you've grabbed the 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 flag and uh, spiraled your way down, and you know you're done with that one. Um, but uh, so yeah. <laughs> so I feel like at that moment, Roland is kind of like. As a boy, he kind of feels the whole, I am a man, I am a gunslinger. So, like, even, like, as we were saying before, um, let's just track exactly, 
Yeah. So we were saying it changes from referring to him as the boy to referring to him as, as the gunslinger. So I was just right, uh, thinking that I think right as he got this key is the first time he gets referred to as a gunslinger, right? Uh, uh, oh, no, it's actually gun, under my belt gunslinger. So court refers to him that way first. And then it says the gunslinger reached under court's belt. So, so technically, even had before be that, like dubbed, he had to be dubbed a knight in order to take on that, you know, title. Yeah. Right. When he says yield or die, I yield gunslinger. I yield smiling. Oh, court's clear eye closed. The gunslinger shook him gently, but with persist- persistence. Okay. So that's so, so that it, that's where the change is. Yeah. Once he yeah, once yield he yielded and says gunslinger, I yield smiling. So court. Uh, so exactly as you said, court names him. And then the, the prose uh, refers to him ha- thereafter as the gunslinger does this. The gunslinger does that. He's no longer the boy. Ah. I'm glad you got that because I was thinking about that earlier. I was like, oh, wait, when does he stop being the boy and stop being the mm. gunslinger? I yield yeah. gunslinger. Like going back to like the first time I ever read this book, I clocked that change instantly. And I was like, oh, I love that. Because like <laughs> like we said before, like both the boy versus Jake, Roland versus uh, the gunslinger, the referring to someone by name versus referring to them as their role their function within the story uh, says so much, and I just love it. I it's been one of my favorite parts of this book. Yeah, wow, so, yeah. yeah, super cool. Right. Mm. Oh. Um, so yeah, so uh, he got to his feet and was finally turning to the others when Court's hand fumbled for his foot. For a moment, the gunslinger feared some last attack intensed, but Court only looked at him. Sorry, Court only looked up at him and beckoned with one crusted finger. Go ahead, Kevin. I'm going to sleep now, Court whispered calmly. I'm going to walk the path, perhaps all the way to the clearing at the end of it. I don't know. I'll teach you no more, gunslinger. You have surpassed me, and two years younger than your father, who was the youngest. But let me counsel. What? Impatiently. Wipe that look off your face, maggot. In his surprise, Roland did as he was bid, although being crouched hidden behind his face, as we all are, could not know it. Wait. Although being crouched hidden behind his face, as we all are, could not know it. So. Okay, so. Okay, so basically it's saying Roland being behind his face didn't realize that in his surprise he did wipe the impatient look off his face. So behind his face as we all are could not could not know. So I like that those parentheses really is like uh, like speaking to the reader, speaking to the reader. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And that's that's (laughs) a very modern Stephen King thing to do to kind of break the fourth wall. Uh, and that's court, an addition, right? Yeah, that's this is all an addition. So it goes from what impatiently wait. So then in the new version, you know, crash behind his face, couldn't know it. Court nodded and whispered a single word. Wait, what? And then in the original, it said, huh? So I like that Roland's a, <laughs> a touch more formal. He doesn't use the huh? Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> The effort it took the man to speak lent his words great emphasis. That's another addition that I I really like. Um, Let the word and the let the word and the legend go before you. There are those who will carry both. His eyes flickered over the gunslinger's shoulder. 
Fools, perchance. Let your shadow grow hair on its face. Let it become dark. He smiled grotesquely. Given time, words may even enchant an enchanter. Do you take my meaning, gunslinger? Yes, I think I do. Will you take my last counsel as your teacher? The gunslinger rocked back on his heels, a hunkered, thinking posture that foreshadowed the man. And then we get a little bit more description of the word, the world around him. There's a storm, thunderclouds. Well, real quick, real quick. Before you, before you I, I just want to go back to that because I had to read that, um, like, court's last words numerous times mm-hmm. in, in both the new and the old. And I'm still trying to understand what they mean. Go for it. Let the yeah. word go before you. Let your shadow grow. Let it grow hair on its face. Let it become dark. Given time, words may even enchant an enchanter. Do you take my meaning? Like, it's like, I, I don't know if I take your meaning. <laughs> let well, the word go before you. What's the word? Let, like, like basically, like he's talking let about everybody the gunslinger know. attitude, the gunslinger, like, um, uh, the mythos of, uh, of everything. Yeah. Mythos. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. So, okay. Mm. So he's just trying to tell him, you know, be the gunslinger that has been created in the past and, and and live by those ideals, sort of. Well, not even that. I almost feel like, I mean, A, yes, he's saying to, but he's also kind of saying, you know, don't use those guns right this second. You want to let people kind of grow, let everybody else find out first. Like, go out, relax, like, take a beat and kind of let this legend of you being the youngest gunslinger of all time, let other people find out about it. And given time, words may even enchant an enchanter. Like, so that's the next thing I wanted to talk about. Is, Court knows um, exactly so, so why. The enchanter is Martin. He's like, yep. you could either go kill him right now or let things be. Like you said, take a beat. Mm-hmm. You, yes, you have access to these guns, but your words might enchant an enchanter. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, exactly. So like, tell him, don't go kill this man right now. Yeah, don't go off half cocked. Yeah, to use another gun analogy, uh, gun uh, metaphor. But um, yeah. don't. Basically, he's saying like, I. He's kind of without words and without invoking Martin's name. He's saying. I know what you're doing. I know I probably, in fact, even know why you're doing this. Uh, He's saying and he's saying like, you know, you the legend of you having succeeded might actually give Martin pause and might slow some of Martin's plans. So you Mm. actually not killing him right right now might do more good than you trying to kill him and failing. And if you go off with these guns, yeah, steal yourself. You're going to you're going to pick up these guns you were never trained to use in the first place. And you might not be prepared for just the uh, the kickback that uh, guns have, and you might miss, or you might be thrown off, and then Martin mm-hmm. will not allow you to take a second shot. So basically, he's like saying, okay, you might have succeeded, and you might be a gunslinger, but you've never fired a gun before. So how about you learn how to use it before you try to use it in yeah. anger? Yeah. 
like he's calling him a gunslinger, but he's really a gunslinger's apprentice at this point. Precisely, right? yes. Since yeah. he's going to be getting these apprentice guns, he's he's a he's yeah. a yeah. So he's not fully ready for it yet, and so so that's what the whole let your shadow grow hair on its face, let it grow dark. Basically, like gain a couple of inches. You don't want to do this when you're a 14 year old boy. Like basically, mm-hmm. like you want you want the muscle to back up the guns that you're gonna you want to use so he's he's using this flowery speech kind of almost to basically disguise his words from all these boys that are nearby who are cheering like yay roland hooray like so i feel like roland is i mean court is speaking cryptically for that specific reason because he only wants roland to understand his meaning yep yeah all makes sense to me yeah I'm glad. We, I'm glad we talked about that because I was like reading that a couple times. I'm like, what does this all mean? Now, now I understand. Mm. Um, and yeah, because I like I'm saying, you know, we think better together. So uh, <laughs> we yeah. certainly do. Yeah. Uh, so the gunslinger wrapped back on his heels, hunkered, thinking posture that fought, foreshadowed the man. He looked at the sky. It was deepening, purpling. The heat of the day was failing, and thunderheads in the west foretold rain. Okay, but it's just talking about you know what's going on. Yeah, a little little bit more set dressing kind of to show that there's this thundercloud's and uh, is it? uh, Oh, no. So it's it's foretold rain. So there's a a storm coming. So basically, yeah, ominous. This is the this is the two sons moment to me. Mm, Exactly. uh, On Tatooine, you know, like I feel like John Williams's (laughs) score Mm. is is. resounding at this point (laughs) but it's interesting that like yeah like it goes from (laughs) this uh this climactic battle to this but i feel like it's almost the opposite in a way like i feel like the the two sons moment is kind of luke kind of looking off into his future and he doesn't know what's he doesn't know what oh maybe it is the same because luke doesn't know what's coming and it's kind of the well, end of it. One, one sun yeah, is setting and the, one is rising. Yeah. And this is like the just end of storm innocence. clouds yeah. on the horizon. Yeah. No, it's the well, end of innocence. Both suns were setting because right after that, he goes outside and it's dark out. Uh, Not true. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if one sun was setting and the other one was rising, then like it would go from kind of a, a, a much like cooler color temperature to a much warmer, I imagine. But uh hmm. Well, we just, can talk about that when we get to Star Wars. We can talk Wars, about Star Wars for days at a time. And don't you worry, we days will. Days and days. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> um, but, so he looked back at court. He looked back at court. I will bury my hawk tonight, teacher. And later go into Lower Town to inform those in the brothels that will wonder about you. <laughs> what a great, just little <laughs> last thing to say. He's like, guess what? I'm going to go to the brothels tonight because you can't. And I'm going to, I'm a man now. Exactly. Six. <laughs> Indeed. This this flashback that started uh, weeks and weeks ago that was about just a boy who was wanted to go just masturbate on a roof. He's now going to go seek out a lady of the evening. There you go. <laughs> um, so in the new version, it, in, in the new version, and then he slept. In the new version, it adds in just uh, in case you weren't sure what he meant. He says, perhaps I will comfort one or two a little just to uh, oh, hammer okay. the point home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you weren't quite sure. sure. Yes, he's do. going to he's... have sex now. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, good for Roland. Um, 
So, so he's at this point, pretty much Roland turns into like triage. And he's precisely. just turning to everybody's like, make a litter, get some nurses. We need to get this guy in and get uh, fixed up. All right. And and it was just funny, like all the guys around him are still just in awe of what's happening. And, and he's like, snap to it. Come on. <laughs> because uh uh two nurses, the gunslinger repeated, and then smile. Oh wait, where am I? Uh, sorry, I got to read from the old one. No, yeah, there's the a, yeah, there's a little bit of a change in there. Uh, they watched him caught in a baited moment. Uh, what is it? The baited moment. So in the baited moment that was not yet able to be broken. They still look for a corona fire or a werewolf change of features. Mm. And then, so 2003 Stephen King, uh, grammar teacher uh, to us all, he changes it from the passive voice to the active voice. And he goes, caught on a bait of moment that none of them could immediately break, rather than a moment that could uh-huh. not immediately be broken. So. Uh, uh, and I then, see. yeah, and also he changes it from uh, a corona of fire or a magical change of features. So. Just to kind of hammer in the points that we're uh, gunslingers aren't werewolves. Just in case anybody wanted to wonder how fantasy we are, it's not that far. <laughs> or a werewolf. I mean, if it was like werewolf-like change, or not even. Yeah, I guess I werewolf agree. Is I, magical I feel change like... of features makes sense. It's like you just went from a boy to a man. All of a sudden, you're like, I'm gonna grow wings and fly or horns on my head or something. Precisely. Yeah. Cool. I feel like he, I feel like it was a somewhat confusing metaphor that he changed into just a more recognizable, like a magical change of features. Yeah. We're talking think, metaphorically, uh, not literally. Speaking of the animal kingdom, I think mm. my favorite animal that goes through like adult changes is uh, a mandrel Ooh. because, mm. uh, do you know what a mandrill is? M a n d r i l l. Yes, is you it do. a it's bird? Rafiki. It's oh, Rafiki oh, you're Lion, right. The Lion King. Um, but as um, the males are adolescents, they have just brown features like most baboons. But then, as they become adults, they literally have this red, blue, and white uh, snout that appears. I, huh. I think that's my favorite as as far as magical changes. I don't know. You got you got a better one. I mean, I don't know about better, but I. Uh, I see. So to me, I gotta go, I gotta go to the insect kingdom, and I would say, uh, like, I would say dragonflies, just because they go from being like sort of like uh, crawling around the earth as little grubs. They. Um, Maybe I want to even say lanternflies because they they go from being aquatic and swimming around uh, to they sort of attach themselves to the root of a plant in where their cocoon is. And they go from underwater to suddenly flying. And they oh, have cool. these they have these gigantic clouds of them that are just uh, their only basic point to flying is to mate. And they these clouds that like are visible from like miles away of uh lantern flies yeah and just yeah so i don't know i I I feel like extremely invasive right now huh yeah probably no 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 those are those are spotted lantern flies the the spotter lantern flies sorry maybe i'm thinking mayflies i mean a a lot of insects do that same Mm. thing as they they Mm. start their um pupa stage in the water or whatever i mean uh, I was also thinking butterflies too, and moths. You know, mm-hmm. as far as the uh, 
metamorphosis there from uh, adolescent to adults. But there, there's True. so many examples. I mean, humans, oh, so it's many. like, you know, growing a beard. Yeah. <laughs> True. That's basically all we get going from baby to adult is just more hair and just bigger. <laughs> just just bigger. That's all you got. Yeah. True. Um, uh, reproductive mm-hmm. organs, I guess, is that. Indeed. But even we even uh, start off with the same organs. They're just more compact. And then as an adult, they just become larger. And then, but I guess yeah. breasts technically would emerge from uh, a woman's body to as opposed to like. So, yeah, I guess that would be a sex organ that would uh, just sort of appear later age. But anyway, these magical anyway. transformations don't happen immediately. Like this boy was these boys were ma- thinking it would happen. Like, Correct. Oh my gosh. The magical change of features. No, no. He's still the same guy, really. Indeed. But the but thing is, he has more authority. He's now, to, he's now a gunslinger. Yes. Two nurses. Mm-hmm. The gunslinger yeah. repeated and then smiled. Mm-hmm. And then now Cuthbert is like, like catching on. He's like, <laughs> with an exclamation point, you goddamn horse drover. Cuthbert suddenly yelled, grinning. You haven't left enough meat for the rest of us to pick off the bone. The world won't move on tomorrow, the gunslinger said, quoting the old adage with a smile. Alan, you butter ass, move your freight. Alan said about making a litter. Thomas and Jamie went together to the main hall in the infirmary. So, yeah. The, so, a couple of changes in there. Um, so, when it goes, the, uh, two, two nurses, he, rep- he repeated and then smiled. They smiled. And then in the new version, it adds in, they smiled in return nervously. So just to hammer home that they're still they might be smiling back and forth, but there's still that little bit of extra distance where they're not quite sure about Roland anymore. Well, it's also Cuthbert. Now, <laughs> you haven't left enough meat for the rest of us to pick off the bone. Oh, man. Exactly. He's yeah. Like, we all wanted to get a piece of that guy. Yeah. Come on. Well, exactly. <laughs> how, how are we all going to become gunslingers now if there's no one for the gunslingers to defeat? So, but... <laughs> And then, uh, what is it? Uh, Roland's like, the world won't move on tomorrow. So just uh, quoting the old adage and then changes it from butter ass to butter butt. Just, I mean, a little bit more friendly, I guess. Uh, It's still basically saying Alan slash Elaine is got to be poor kids, probably a little bit heavier. Uh, who knows? Uh, <laughs> I think so. Oh, yeah. Is that what he's saying? It's a fat joke? Yeah. Oh, oh I hope it's not a fat joke, <laughs> but could be. Um, but it also seems like he's like uh, the lowest on the, the hierarchy of these low kids. <laughs> exactly. You, yeah. Alan, make the yeah. litter. The rest of yeah. you guys do this. You know, mm. you have to do the, the hardest job. Or maybe Alan is the one he he's like, okay, you're the most handy. So why don't you actually just make the thing while these other, these other fools go off and just tell people a message. Yeah. There you go. That's another way of looking at it. True. So So then the, the gunslinger and Cuthbert have a moment here. Do you want to read? Uh, so just a couple of other changes. Uh, uh, instead of Alan said about, uh, making the litter, he said about the business of making the litter kind of just to establish that he's actually, you know, building a thing with sticks and a cloth. And it's, it's more of a a big deal than just kind of finding one. Alan's uh, Alan's pretty, he's uh, he's capable. Yeah. Can you make a litter, Kevin? 
I feel like I could imagine one, but I feel like I don't know how. So I don't know if I could make an effective one. I, I think no. <laughs> if you gave me enough time, but if I was in the woods with somebody who had a broken leg, I could figure it out so that they wouldn't die. But we'd have to get like two long poles and some mm. sort of cloth. I like guess. Yeah. Lay them upon. Right. Are we doing sort of like a cross thing with like, maybe it's four long poles and it's, you're going to kind of weave better. them together or just for stability. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, now you're talking. Yeah, true. Yeah. So we All don't right. even need the cloth. We get smaller sticks to be the, I don't know. Exactly. Then, We're in the middle of this, this, these bushes. So maybe there's sticks around. So I guess those bushes would work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That are on so, the side of the field. Right. Anyway. Exactly. So the gunslinger so, and Cuthbert looked at each other. They had always been closest, or as close as they could be under the particular shades of their characters. There was a speculative open light in Bert's eyes, and the gunslinger controlled only with great difficulty the need to tell him not to call for the test, a year or even 18 months, lest he go go west. But they had been through a great ordeal together, and the gunslinger did not feel he could risk saying such a thing without a look on his face that might be taken for arrogance. I've begun to scheme, he thought, and was a little dismayed. Then, the thought of Martin and his mother, and he smiled, a deceiver's smile, at his at his friend. I am to be the first, he thought, knowing it for the first time, although he had thought of it idly many times before. I am the first. So, basically, uh, I, I just loved kind of the... he. Roland is kind of biting back the thing that he knows will come across sounding very condescending, which is like, you're not ready for this yet, buddy. Why don't you just hold on a bit? <laughs> so that's wait, that's what Cuthbert is saying to. No, that's what Roland, Roland is. Roland is stopping himself from saying to Cuthbert. Oh, it's so like, come with me. And he's like, eh, maybe I shouldn't. He's not ready for this. And I need to go on my own. Oh, no, no. He is. He wanted to kind of like just tell Cuthbert to hold off and be like, no, 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 don't. I know you're you're ready to come with me, but you need to stand back because you're not ready for this yet. You need to wait your turn. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You. you need to you wait, wait until a year. you're 18. Yeah. Oh, wait yeah, a year yeah, or two you. at least. Yeah. But he's but he bites his tongue because he knows if he said that it would come across sounding arrogant or I think in the original it says uh, patronize patronization. But in the new version, he changes it to arrogance. Um, yeah. Oh, huh. uh, yeah. And change. Yeah. And then in the original, it also uh, it so, had so all in, he actually says to him. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. in the original, it said, in Cuthbert's eyes, changes it to Bert's eyes, just a little bit more familiar. And then uh, mm-hmm. in the original, it said he could not risk saying it without a look in his face, could not risk saying such a thing without a look in his face. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and also italicizes, I've begun to scheme, uh, and also kind of... Uh, un- kind of, well, italicizing the Roland's thoughts as opposed to... Um, just kind of prosy uh, thoughts. Um, a little dismayed. He was a little dismayed about his scheming. Exactly. But then he thinks about Martin and his mother, and he's like, maybe I need to scheme. So he, he smiles a deceiver's smile at his friend. Mm. So, so but, but this is all in his head. All in his head, yeah. So all in his head basically, with a look at Cuthbert, and all he says is, let's go. 
Yeah. So Cuthbert (laughs) responds with pleasure, gunslinger. Exactly. And then not only that, but he changes it. Uh, uh, He had thought of it. uh, So I am to be the first. uh, Although he had thought of it in a bemused way many times before. So this one, he actually changes it to an adverb. So it changes from in a bemused way to idly many times before. So so I guess in this point, it's more about just get to use them when you want. Use them sparingly, but in this case, it's actually the adverb uh, condenses the meaning down to from four words down to one. So I I, I would agree with the idly many times before. And he also changes it from I am to be the first just to I am the first. So it's this in this italicized moment of uh, him thinking it. He the word am is just plain. So that just to put a little bit more emphasis on I am the first. So the moment has come and I have been worthy. So, yeah. So uh, where it changes it. In a bemused way to idly, just to go back to that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in parentheses in the original. True. So yeah, it's not not me, parenthetical me, this time. It's like speaking to the reader. So I I don't know. I thought I thought I kind of liked it in a bemused way, but like I didn't I didn't miss it when I read through idly. It's fine. Mm. Yeah. Um, but I was it's, wondering if it was like in a in a bemused way. It's like, ooh, what are you saying to me? Mm. It's like that's. A, <laughs> Uh, anyway, so they leave the fields. They're left by the east end of the hedge border. Uh, yeah, the nurses. Uh, uh, they, there's they there's a little the bit of a change back. there. So in the original, the nurses in their white and heavy. Uh, what is it? White and heavy. So the original says they look like ghosts in their heavy white robes crossed at the at the breast with red. Yeah, in the, the new, new version it says, says they look like ghosts look, in their white and gauzy summer robes crossed at the breast with red. So yeah, pretty, yeah. Um, so basically, asked, yeah, just kind of. Can I help you with the hawk? Yes, the gunslinger said that would be lovely, Bert. Oh, mm. so it's clear that David has passed away. Oh yeah, he did. So, and that, but the actual, but that would be lovely bird is added in the new version because originally you just oh. said yes. Yeah. So I, I like oh, that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I was reading from the new one. Yes. It, yeah. It, They're just establishing <laughs> a little bit more camaraderie between the two. So yeah. I like that. So, um, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to finish yeah. this off. Take it out. Yeah. Close this out. <clears throat> And later, when darkness had come, and this is from the original, and later when darkness had come and the rushing thunder showers with it, while huge phantom caissons rolled across the sky and lightning washed, the crooked streets of the lower town in blue fire, while horses stood at hitching rails with their heads down and their tails drooping, the gunslinger took a woman and lay with her. It was quick and good. When it was over and they lay side by side without speaking, it began to hail with a brief rattling ferocity. Downstairs and far away, someone was playing Hey Jude, Ragtime. The gunslinger's mind turned reflectively inward. It was in that hail-splattered silence just before sleep overtook him that he first thought that he might also be the last. Ooh. Mm. He first thought that he might also be the last. So, ooh, okay, now I understand that. So he was just talking about being the first a second ago. And now he's saying how he might be the last. Also, I, of course, I got to mention Hey Jude. Mention hey Jude. Again. 
Love indeed. it. Indeed. <laughs> Shout out to Judy oh, Ackerman. Mom. Indeed. Judy Ackerman. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Math teacher extraordinaire. Just goes to show again. Just goes to show again um, that this is this is a place out of time, right? Exactly. And there's still some playing Hey Jude at the castle that he's at, and also at Tor. Or, or is it just like? Is this like his? Um, Remember Inception, Kev, that movie yep. where you have like a totem and there's like a certain thing. So I wonder if mm. Jude is sort of his totem. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. I, I actually was thinking of Inception in a different way, because here Roland is telling a story to Jake that. Uh, and so at the end of this story, he is hearing Hey Jude. And meanwhile, at the beginning of this story, the. At the beginning of the story, we see Roland coming across um, the town of Tull, where he's hearing the piano player play Hey Jude. So it makes me mm-hmm. think that when Roland was first coming across Tull, he was instantly thinking of the moments that he became a gunslinger and the night he slept with someone for the first time. So kind of the first time he mm. became a man and... Also, you know, in more ways than one, um, and also kind of the uh, kind of foreshadows that he like he goes to this sort of low, like the do they call it the low town or yeah the lower town? So it's a little bit lower class. That I feel like in my mind it's sort of like outside the castle walls. That this is where the common people live. So like um, it's a little bit like lower class and all. So he hmm. like. So this is where he came to sleep with somebody in the low town, whereas at the beginning of the story with Tull, he's in this sort of like sort of ramshackle falling apart place that he also finds a woman to sleep with. So it's kind of the parallel of Roland's life. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) No, exactly. Yeah, totally. Um, Don't don't apologize. I I was just doing a terrible george lucas impersonation there so that oh, was wow. <laughs> what i was apologizing for <laughs> oh i didn't i didn't even That's catch right, that so no need to apologize oh, uh, gotcha. he, he says it all the time in like the uh the commentaries to the star wars like it's like poetry it rhymes true there <laughs> that's a george lucas impression yeah <laughs> <laughs> i had to go a little bit higher sorry indeed george uh, lucas is um, he's a tenor yeah He's a tenor, yeah. I wish I wish I was a tenor sometimes, but I'm more of a bass. Mm. Indeed, um, we are we are the bass sacraments. Yes. Ba, 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 um that I looked up um is caissons. Mm, okay. Caissons means uh, I did not, so I'm going to guess that it's like uh like a thicker cloud in the midst of a of a like a thinner cloud, maybe? So Kason is a, like a military reference. It oh. means like, uh, well, th- th- it actually has two meanings. There's two meanings for Kason if you want to look it up. Uh, the the military thing is uh, carrying ammunition across a place, and I think that's what he's going for here. And that's the the whole uh, uh, Marine song and the Kason's go marching along. Um, is that what that line is? I have never known that. Yeah. Yeah, from the halls of Montezuma to the the shores Shores of Tripoli. Tripoli. And the caissons go marching along. So the caissons are just like ammunitions packs that are being brought in like a train to a place for war. 
So I think that's what Stephen King was going for here. Um, the other meaning for it, caisson is actually an engineering term. Um, mm. If you're trying to like, um, say, build supports in an area where there's water for like a bridge or something, you can um, put these things in called caissons that will uh, keep the water out and you can do work, you know, below the sea level of, mm. of what you're working at. Um, so I'm not sure why those two are connected, but I think what Mr. King was talking about here is uh, ammunitions coming across. It, this is the the lull before the storm. Precisely what, what I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. So basically, he's saying, the storm. Yeah. yeah, the the so yeah. Basically, he saw the thunderclouds from far away with some lightning, and, and so by the time he gets down to Lowtown, he's sleeping with a lady. The the storm has finally come, and the huge, uh, basically, like the art, the the not the artillery, the um. um the cavalry has come along and it's sort of like the the reinforcements to the storm are like doubling down. And so it's not only rain, but it's also hailing outside with uh, ferocity. Yeah. The the time for the gunslinger is coming to an end. Mm. You know? It's true. Very <laughs> much so. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen going forward. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as I know now, uh, Roland just became a man and became a well, man he's, well he's telling jake about how he became a man obviously right so this we've is known. a story within a story within a story exactly like we've said yeah Back we've known inception uh, inception <laughs> full circle but uh yeah the um <clears throat> Yeah, like like we were saying, you know, we've no. It's it's interesting the way that Stephen King will turn something that we already know the ending of. We've seen Roland be a gunslinger this entire time, but it still has all of that tension of like of the how. How'd you get there? Exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's uh, it's, 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 it's it still has this element of suspense, even though we know the outcome. So uh, it's one of my favorite things that Stephen King does. Of like, oh well, it doesn't matter if the audience doesn't know what's going to happen because you could still have almost twice as much suspense because they know what's going to happen that it's like oh well he gets torn down and he gets beaten up and uh but then there's going to be something that happens in the end that's going to win the day so yeah i hope so yeah <laughs> oh man well, I think we should leave it right there. It's been a, kind of a long episode. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. But we will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it was oh worth it. It was worth oh it. Oh, my gosh. Three hours. This is our longest one yet, Kev. Well, don't worry. I'm, there'll be, I'm sure there will be stuff to, to cut out here and there that I can always yeah, uh, trim it down. It yeah. Exactly. Um, but anyway, until next time. Well, Kev, Kevin, what should I read to next time? Uh, just the end so, of the Slow Mutants? Uh, no, I'm going to say up until the end of section 11, because there is uh, still a good section more. So we're going to say up until they went on for three days without incident. So that's our last sentence. All right. Okay, cool. So we just finished section eight. So we're going to do mm-hmm. nine, 10 and 11 next time. Yep. And we'll try to go a little quicker. Um, Indeed. And if sorry. need be, maybe we'll just do section uh, nine. So if that one uh, takes us a while. Oh, no. Nine is pretty short. So, yeah, I think we can get through nine, ten, and eleven next week. Yeah, let's do it. Cool, cool. Um, oh, cool. 
Well, until then, you can check us out on uh, chapterbrothers.com. You can see us on Facebook and YouTube and whatever other things we figure out in the meantime. Um, but until then, Kevin, long days and pleasant nights. And may you have twice the number. I love you, brother. <laughs> love you too, brother. <laughs>